All right, welcome everybody to Three Brews In. Mic check, mic check. We know that they're working, Justin, uh, after our debacle <laughs> last week. They're cute at that age, aren't they, Josh? <laughs> I could, He's a precocious little fella. He's I, like, I could change, he just can't wait well, to it, say something. It's, it's funny because I, <laughs> you know, I, I changed the seating arra- arrangement tonight because I, I learned, you know, like yeah. in episode six or seven, like, wow, it was better when I was over there. <laughs> so whatever, I'm going to put it Well, the reason it was better is because the computer was closer to everyone. Now that the microphones are actually working, <laughs> I can sit wherever I could sit over there if I wanted to. I mean, it wouldn't even matter. Anyway, all right. Well, Justin and Travis are with me. I'm Josh. Thanks for joining us today. These guys are going to crack their beer on three, two, one. That was um, number four mm-hmm. because we are three brews in. And um, Josh, you had just a tad bit head start on us. Yeah, a little bit. Um, so, Travis, you chose the beer again. I did. Two weeks in a row. And like I always do, or at least it's a large part of why I make my decisions. I love the label. Um, I'm still trying to decide exactly what it is, but it's called Earth or it's Earth Rider Brewery, and their beer is a Fest Beer Lager, and you know it's for real because beer is spelled B-I-E-R, which mm. is a which is a dead giveaway. Now this <laughs> label here, um, I'll start with that. Is it a female accordion yes. player? So yeah, it's a lady female accordion, accordion player. Yeah. yeah. No, um, it's sort of the the tents in the background make me think this is sort of a it's an like October a, an Oktoberfest type yeah. celebration. All right, all right, yeah. So uh, Superior is the home of um, Earthrider Brewery. They have a they have a number of beers, but this one is quote unquote the life of the party. It comes in at a five point seven. It's Earthrider's Munich style fest beer. So there we go. It's it's an Oktoberfest deal. It's a golden lager with a, bre- a bready malt. Character and subdued floral hop aroma. Hold fast. We will talk more about it uh, later, but um, I think the early impressions are positive. I, I hope so, at least. Yeah, I, I would agree. I, I would say when, when a beer spells it B-I-E-R, yep. I, of course it gives it that air of legitimacy, but it also makes me... Raises the bar, too, doesn't a, it? A little bit, but I, I you know when like some stores like call themselves like whatever the, the, the shop, they spell it... S-H-O-P-P-E. Oh, don't yeah. get me started on that. How about yeah. corner store with a K? Or is that a different That's page? Different. That's different. So you're, okay. Like, they're trying to make it seem this old-timey thing. Oh, yeah, and I, I was I, apples and oranges, but yeah, it's... Uh, I I get a little suspicious of it, but whatever. So far, so good. And right. yes, it is a, a, a lady playing an accordion, and she is rocking on this yes, accordion. Yes, Which, it, it made me think of something, because you never think of someone like playing an, an accordion as just like jamming like hardcore on an accordion but um i've been to i think now five dropkick murphy's concerts and one of they have an accordion in that band one of their guys plays like five different instruments and one of them is an accordion that dude rocks an accordion like hardcore just the way like interesting you know like slash would stand in front of an audience hitting the the guitar that guy does the same thing with an accordion you don't think it's probably tough to pull off they do it really well so right Wow. Yeah. Anyway. All right. So we've covered our, our beer. We've had three of them now. We're working on number four. We have a pretty full slate today. Actually, a little bit baseball thin because it's freaking November and there's just not a whole lot of brewer stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Um, we will talk about some, um, but we've got, I'll just run down a little bit of what we're going to talk about today. We're going to do a lot of our normal stuff. We're going to have a Brewstivus. 
we're going to add an anti-Bruce Divis this week because we always have you know a gripe about sports in general, which is our Bruce Divis, and we'll, we'll have an anti-Bruce Divis, something that makes us feel really good about sports and why we tune into sports every week. Um, we'll talk about who we want to have a beer with, sports and non-sports. We're going to talk about a cool death story, which is always one of the highlights of, of the episode for me. A couple new topics we're going to bring up. Travis uh, brought up, I think, both of these. And the one I'm really looking forward to is the statements never uttered. What has <laughs> never been said, we think, in the history of mankind, or if they have been said, only under the most dire of circumstances. <laughs> <laughs> so right. we'll, we'll cover that, and we'll talk about the biggest oh shit moments in history. Right. Like <laughs> what, <laughs> and spanning what, all of human history... What, yeah, when, when someone's the ultimate understatement of oh shit <laughs> yeah so uh just a, a little background on that because it's going to be brand new is everybody's had the oh shit you lose your cell phone <laughs> maybe even you go through a stop sign and you don't get hit you go through a stop sign and yeah and you do get hit and maybe somebody hurt we're not talking about those kinds of oh shits we're talking about the oh shits that are like affect many many people and are like either national or world news instantly and that moment that you realize that your oh shit is forever going to be remembered <laughs> where you would be utterly justified in running around the room pulling your hair out going ah! <laughs> yeah exactly all right good um let's cover a little bit of baseball first because travis you'd mentioned should, should we Touch oh. on our beer from last week first. Oh, since we never rated. We that never beer rated from that last beer. Week. You're absolutely right. It was. <laughs> I, can, I can tell you how it ended up. <laughs> I, can, I can tell you. I can certainly tell you the results because one of our um, three, which is a fairly high percentage when you have three, was um, sleeping when I left. <laughs> Either that or close to it. Or I think I literally stood up after the end of the podcast, walked over to that couch, and just laid down. Yeah, you went. You went from talking into a mic fairly normally to I need to lay down within a really short time frame. Just like, Jesus, I, I thought I was part of a podcast seven minutes ago, and now I'm at the Quick Trip in Altoona buying pizza. That's uh, I, I, dropped, I dropped an object on your testicles, and you barely flinched. Did you really? Sure did. What did you drop in my nuts? It was like a shoe or something. <laughs> a remote control or something like that. <clears throat> Justin, Travis is pouring a beer again. That's God. I can't even Jesus watch that. Travis. That makes that makes me nervous. It it is high anxiety. What I, can't I lack in beer pouring, I more than make up for in beer drinking. But you don't even make an effort at pouring it right. But I don't. It's not even. It's not. It's, oh. We need a video of this. Just I'm. Well, you know. You know what? I, I'm almost embarrassed to to put it on social media of him pouring a beer. You pour it directly into the bottom of the. It, de glass. it depends if I reach up and tilt the glass or not. And I've never I'm, seen you do that. Oh, I, I've tilted glasses. I tilt glasses all the time. Why don't you do I it I just either? didn't there. We've seen you drink like 100 beers, and I've never seen you <laughs> tilt the glass. Oh, I tilted. I tilted the one before this one. Oh, God. Because I didn't want to be made fun of. I know what? that sounds counterintuitive. Very. <laughs> anyway, do you want to talk about the topic that you had yeah. uh, mentioned earlier? So we talked about Tony LaRussa. Did we just skip past the beer from last week, too? We did. We're <laughs> <laughs> just going to completely forget about that goddamn oh, yeah. beer. All I, right. I liked it. It was a solid single. <laughs> I, I thought it was a ground out. Yeah. You guys didn't like hey, it? it just, just so you know, we, we don't miss it, Coach, why don't you take the lead and go on a monologue about it, and then we can say we covered it. I just I think it was a ground out only because I'm not a huge yeah. fan of Scotch Ales. Yeah. 
and uh, that the next morning wasn't so pleasant. No, yeah. See, no, no I, I don't like Scotch ales, but clearly they went down just fine for me <laughs> in that episode. So yeah. I, I, I liked it actually, and I don't normally and, like and, Scotch ale. And like kind I said, of funny they're too because, sweet, but. right? You know that six point eight eight experience that will live mm. in infamy. Ugh. Um, it, it's I had I think as many of the Scotch ales. And I was really just fine, but I didn't really like it that much. It wasn't the tastiest stuff. Um, I, 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 yeah, ground out. Uh, ground okay. out. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I give it a single just because I... part I, of it is because I don't like them, so why'd I buy them? I like the label. Well, you like the label. You like the label. Yeah. Well, it was a cool label. Yeah, very good. I mean, yeah, okay. Yeah. All, All right, right, now we can advance on. Now we can go on to Tony La Russa. New business. <laughs> so we're talking about Tony La Russa, and I happened to, to come across and interview slash article involving Tim Anderson, who is, of course, one of the uh, star White Sox guys. Mm-hmm. Big and bat wanna... flip guy, by the way. Yeah, he mm-hmm. He's a big bat flip yeah, guy. Well, that, that kind of comes out in what I'm going to want to talk about here. So here is a quote or quotes from Tim Anderson having to do with a telephone conversation he had with Tony La Russa. Now, is this a telephone conversation he had that was set up by the White Sox because there was some kind of you know, for whatever reason, the star player doesn't like the guy. There's probably people that can answer that question a, a whole lot better than me, but I think it'll just start at least a brief discussion here. So I want to paint this picture. He is still your manager. You are still a player. Uh-oh. Quote, he has to build his trust with me. Oh, boy. And I have to build trust with him. I told him I have to block out all the noise and deliver what the ultimate goal is and get along. Just say we start at zero. He don't know me and I don't know him. The only way is that we block out all the noise and try to start fresh. This is the part that really caught my attention. Again, your boss, your manager, not your boss from a financial standpoint, but your boss is Tony Russa. I told him that's something I would be willing to do. I did tell him I won't change the way I would be playing. (laughs) But I will be showing up and being ready every day. I made that statement clear. So here's here's kind of my take on this. Okay, a couple things. Does he... Does Tim Anderson kind of sense blood in the water and know that LaRusse is vulnerable because of the OWI, because of some of the statements he's made before... Does he, is, is it because of his age, where in God's name do we get to a point where we have, we have this situation where the guy will openly, openly say, I pretty much told the coach how it's going to be, and I didn't know much about the bat flipping, and I, I get that it's the 95-year-old get off the lawn and, hey, progress, but he is still, I mean, uh, what, what, what's Tony La Russa like? What, I mean, his personality seems to be, you know what, Go fuck yourself. Um, but I think Tony probably took it in a little bit differently because of the news within the last three weeks, because of the OWI, because he really wants to be part of the game still. And maybe he sees the only way I can still be part of the game is to kind of succumb to to this generation, to this guy. Any thoughts on that? What I what I what I brought up? It it just jumped out at me as 
Do, so do you think that Tony La Russa thinks that he, does he recognize, and, oh, I need to be a little bit different to get along with these younger players? Do, I don't know. I don't I don't think he does. I don't think so either. And I think you can go look at his uh, last OWI arrest and the statements that he made. I'm a Hall of Famer guy. I mean, it's a person. it's person. person. I'm a Hall of Famer person. Yeah. Like, it, he he obviously is just holding on to what he did in his career, and it's not going to change. Right. There's no way that he changes. Well, and, it, and, and I pointed out as much as as improper as I see that the Tim Anderson saying what he what he says, hmm. I, I point to what should be obvious to the White Sox front office is like you have these things. You have Tim Anderson. You know how he rolls. He would probably be a whole lot better with just about anybody guy you throw in there other than Tony Larusa. Right. I mean, Tim Anderson isn't upset about an OWI stop. Tim no. Anderson isn't upset about two OWI stops. No. It's you know, you're you're bringing in this dinosaur who, oh by the way, probably doesn't politically feel like I feel. And to to to, to I mean, what a self righteous thing to tell your new manager who, by the way, has World Series rings with bumps. I mean, he knows baseball. Tony La Russa could make you a better player, Tim, potentially. Isn't this the a microcosm of what society is these days? Not bringing like politics into it but you've got the older generation that really isn't going to change and you're going to do things my way and this younger generation that just says well i don't give a fuck what you say i don't care what you are boomer i'm going to do what i want to do and there's no like there's no respect for for position there's no respect for it it's i'm gonna do what i want to do because i can go somewhere else and do it and and he's empowered by yes. it because he knows that Tony LaRusse is on really thin ice. Right. So well yeah. and, and that's the the kind of statement that, that he made would be something that a a new manager would make to a problem player. Right. Say you have to build my trust. Right. Like, right. You have been a problem. The other way around. Right. I want to start fresh with you, fella. I'm I'm the new guy, but and it, that's it a is player on you. saying that to a manager. And and you mentioned Travis, the front office, like the front office is, is thinking this and that. The whole front office did not want Tony Larusa. It was one Ron, guy, it was my douche of the week last week, Jerry Reinsdorf, who felt he made a mistake thirty years ago in firing him, and now thinks that this will rectify it. And it's just mind boggling to me. And t- say what you will about yes, the the player should respect the coach and whatnot. You've got to have your finger on the pulse of your team to know what kind of manager. You, they'll respond to somebody finger on the pulse. You put that perfectly. Right. And so somebody like, like a Craig council, even if he's not a, a minority and they're loaded with, with Cubans and minorities on, on the white Sox, somebody like Craig council, who's very close to the game, who is a player's kind of guy you would think would be the perfect type. Tim council, the newly hired white Sox manager would not have that kind of reaction from Tim Anderson. No. Craig would, yeah. You know what I'm saying? If, Tim, if, if Craig all of a sudden resigned or got fired and he's all of a sudden a white Sox, Tim Anderson would not have a problem with with Craig Council. Absolutely not. Yep, you're right. So, yeah, God, that is so telling. Just those, and that's what Larus is walking into, and he's got to deal with. And and every losing streak, every whatever is going to be personified, and because we know how the media is, and it is Chicago, by the way. <laughs> uh, the the because they already know they 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 see this they they already I mean you're not walking into a great situation and unless you unless you start thirty and six I mean you're you're gonna get you're gonna get the it's because Tony is blank yeah. Tony's this he doesn't have the clubhouse and and that's the greatest like winning cures everything right if they win it'll be fine it'll be fine. 
But right. who who knows if they don't then. But but Tony also created his own situation, and it isn't just age old, by the way, because there are managers that have aged in front of our eyes who have the respect of the younger guys. Mm -hmm. But Tony Tony's a little different, and for the White Sox, I I certainly blame the front office of the White Sox much more than than again Tony himself. Not the front office. You nailed it, Reinsdorf. Right, right. one guy. So Yeah. yeah. But I mean, like Jer- Jerry Jones, and you know, over the years oh, with the geez. Cowboys, and how these were not those guys, you know. Yeah. Because of course he would have had Manziel if he would have would have had his. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he wanted them, by the way. But. Yeah. All right. All right. So let's very briefly. I just want to talk about Robinson Cano because <laughs> he he could easily make the douche of the week list, and maybe he didn't make it for you guys, but I just felt the need, the need to touch on it. Robinson Cano got his. I guess technically third violation of the substance abuse because I think the first one is not reported. If I'm right, maybe I'm wrong about oh, that I in baseball. Know. I thought like the first one is completely sealed and no one knows about it. The second time you get, I think, a 60 game suspension, and your third is a full season. And Robinson Cano just got suspended for a full season. Justin, you have it. Yep, discipline. First failure to comply. It's 15 to 25 days oh, suspension, okay. and a fine up to ten thousand dollars. Second failure to comply is a 25 to 50 day suspension, and or a fine of up to twenty five thousand dollars. Third failure to comply is a 50 to 75 game suspension. So, oh wait, so th- would this be Cano's fourth? It's got to be. Well, whatever whatever it is, he's suspended for a full year. Well, Mm -hmm. yeah, and he has a total of one and one half years total because I did, you know, looked at some statistical analysis of where he he went bad if he had the right. Right. Yeah. And yep. Third third failure is fifty to seventy five days. Fourth failure is a minimum one year suspension. And the any subsequent failures to comply is determined by the um, office of the commissioner, but has been typically banned. Okay. So his. His fourth violation of substance abuse in Major League Baseball, which by now is is fully policed, unlike you know back in the day. So he gave up, I oh, believe. Hold on, I screwed that up. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. That that's failure to comply with the treatment program. Positive. So it it depends on if it's a steroid test result. First offense is 80 games. Second offense is an entire season. Third time oh. is a lifetime ban. Oh. If it's a conviction for use of prohibited substances, first offense is 15 to 30. Second offense is 30 to 90 days. Third offense is a minimum of one year suspension. Fourth offense is a minimum of two year suspension. Okay. And then any subsequent offenses are determined by the commissioner. So whatever he got, whether it's a steroid or whatever, is I don't know. It was some chemical that yeah. that is bad. I don't know. But he gave up, I believe, twenty four million dollars in salary. He suspended Ooh. without without pay. pay. Without pay. And I, I, I mean, I'm going to assume Robinson Cano has been juicing since the day he became a professional. I, oh, absolutely. Right. So, he, the, what is he like? 63 years old, and he batted 330 or something last year. Sure. He he had like a good year, I think. Maybe not this year, but the year prior. He had a great year this year. Was it this year? Oh, yeah. Which, of course, now you go, well, yeah, because he was, well, <laughs> was he was juicing. But it it, it kind of makes you you think about the the position of the Mets. And now all of a sudden they don't have to pay this guy $24 million and they have a new ownership group who's looking to make a big splash. And you go, hey, now all of a sudden I can pay $24 million to three or two other players 
that that will help out. He's still got two more years on his contract after this year, so, so we'll have to he's pay still him making after that. yeah he's still making twenty four million dollars a year for twenty twenty two and twenty twenty three. If you're the mess, aren't you just hoping that he fails yet another test? Oh, absolutely. So that you, you can to. just wash your hands of that you have and be done. To. Absolutely. Yeah. So it just it it made me laugh that you really can't stay clean, dude. Like, come on, with that much money on the table, but. Whatever. Anybody have? In 2020, he had 171 at bats, 10 home runs, oh. batted 316. Oh, so he had a great shortened season <laughs> because he was because he was shooting up. pig hormones into his butt at home plate. And right. Because <laughs> if you look at last year, he batted 256. Well, and there you go. Is it like you know that he's used to some kind of production. Like, oh shoot, I'm not. I'm not producing. I'm going to go back to the juice and maybe yep. maybe I won't get caught. Like, what is that mindset? Like, I'm going to get away with it this time? Yeah. I, I, yeah. It's mind-boggling to me. Well, I, I wouldn't mind foreshadowing that we are going to dedicate a huge amount of time at some point to the steroid era. We have, yes. we, we have to. And um, there, there's some, some stuff that I um, came across just researching, talking about Cano today that's really interesting, and it's uh, – I mean, it's a it's a discussion that um, you know certainly needs to needs to be had, and there's different opinions going different ways. But uh, that steroid era is something that has impacted everyone that that cares about baseball. Yeah, when you talk about a mixed bag or a bittersweet kind of thing, the steroid era in baseball is just so that's that's oh, save it because yeah, we, we'll, yeah. we'll we'll save it. Um, let's quick talk about the Brewers because they had at least something that. That happened with them. Uh, David Stearns is <laughs> no longer the GM. Uh, you, you know, shuffling of, of titles. Baseball and, operations, yeah. yeah, right. Well, he, yeah, he's been the president of baseball operations for the last two years. Yes, and the GM. And the GM. And this guy. The, uh, Arnold, Matt Arnold. Yeah. Matt Arnold has been the assistant. Matt, Matt sen- Arnold? Yeah, Matt, 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 Matt Arnold. Yeah, Matt yeah. has been the uh, senior assistant general manager for the last couple of years essentially all they're doing is they're um, protecting they're protecting arnold yes they're saying because and, and and i never knew this before is you can't you can deny someone in your organization um interviewing with another spot for a lateral move or i'm sorry for a you can you can block, you can block the interview for, for a lateral, lateral not or, a promotion right so they move Stearns as high as they possibly could yep. to block him from ever interviewing with anyone else because he would have gone to the Mets, Absolutely. I believe. Yes. He's, he's a Mets guy. He grew up a Mets fan. I'm assuming he's from New York. He would have gone to lead the he's Mets. He's not if that he old, too. He's I mean, not. He no. uh, 42-ish or so. Yeah. No, he's, um, he's younger than he any younger of us. Now? He's younger than any of us. Yeah. So, and, and that's what they did with Matt Arnold, too, because Matt Arnold had been interviewed by a few teams, never gotten the GM role. Well, if you move him up to GM, yeah, he then... interviewed for the Angels just last year. Okay, yep. okay. So now, if if a team wants to hire Matt Arnold without the Brewers' permission, they have to hire him as the whatever Stern's title is now, the, the president, president of baseball of... operations. Right, exactly. So you're either going to make that step with a super young guy because Matt Arnold's very young too. I think he's 41 or 42 or something. So no one's going to probably do that. Like put this guy who's never run an organization as the the lead person. So they are they're circling the wagons, protecting their guys. Now if they want to leave, that's a different story. They can play out their contract or, or work out their contract and, and go do it. But they they feel that they have and it's gotta I mean it's 
Adonazio, right? I mean, he's the only be. guy that's making these decisions that yep. can do that. Well, and, and David Stearns, if he's not going anywhere, he wants to make sure that the people that he's got around him aren't going anywhere either. Yeah, and, and so I think what you have now is a, um, well, what used to be a Theo Epstein situation where Theo's mm-hmm. the guy, you know, Jed Hoyer, I think, was, was the, he was the GM. Who I mean, when you ask people who's the GM of the Cubs, everybody said it was Theo, Theo Epstein. Epstein. And he was for a very short time, I think, right. before he got elevated. Still, he and, still made all the baseball operation decisions, but yeah. he, they kept elevating him so he wouldn't leave. Right, yeah. And I think that's what, what, what um, uh, David Stern said, is that this has always been joint decisions between me and Matt, and, yep. and, and it's, it, it won't change not from a, what it sounds like. He's not like. a very well, he's certainly not a household name, but he's been no. there in October, or since October of 2015 when Stearns hired him out of uh, Tampa Bay's front Tampa, office. Right. So, when, so he had... When you're pulling player development guys from Houston, which is where Stearns came from, in Tampa, where Matt Arnold came from, you're fishing oh, in yeah. very... Good waters, right, right. there, because those guys right. don't take away the science stealing, whatever. But th- those guys, they those organizations know how to develop players. So you're mm-hmm. you're picking the best and the brightest and the young ones. So I I like what they did. I mean, it's fantastic. Yeah, so keep Ar- them here. Arnold's forty one years old. David Stearns was born Jan- or, uh, February eighteenth, nineteen eighty five, which makes him thirty five years old. Oh. <laughs> He is 35. He's younger he's than all of us. running a major league baseball team. What were you doing at 35? Not uh, running a major league baseball you team. You know what I was doing at 35? Jesus. We, coming up with the idea with you to do this damn podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was doing at 35. <laughs> Look well, I'm at sure, me. Well, yeah, I'm, sure, I'm sure David Stearns is very envious <laughs> of, of you, Justin. <laughs> Son of a bitch, you hear about that coach guy from Eau Claire? <laughs> I, I still smelled like pee at 35. God. Like that, that's that. That's that's insane. You know, but, but these are things that you you. It's it's kind of interesting to us. Well, it's very interesting to us. It's kind of interesting to to, to some fans, but most fans don't give two shits less, and I don't blame them. But right. at the end of the day, if your team that you love reaches a World Series, wins a World Series, or puts together a ten-year period where they go to a couple series and are in the playoffs six years. It's because of these guys, yes. yep. and it's such an easy and understandable thing to overlook. Yep. Right. I mean, I can go back to the Green Bay Packers with Ron Wolf. If you look what oh. he did in the mm-hmm. '90s, that was Ron Wolf a whole lot more than Holmgren or Brett Favre, any individual. Well, yep. And it, and you can easily overlook these guys. And, and didn't Holmgren go on to like lead the the Browns organization? Was well, he, he only went to Seattle? See, but, oh, he know, did. Okay, I thought I'm, he might have. I'm had sorry, he he went. He coached. Seattle to a Super Bowl, right? They got there and lost to, to the Steelers. Is that right? I'm not sure. Mm, what did uh, they make it to a Super Bowl with Holmgren? I, thought, I don't know if they did or not. I thought they did. Maybe uh, it was the year after they. Yeah, you know what? Now that you say that, I think he did. I thought well, look I it up. Wasn't but, it the Super Bowl in Detroit yeah. where it was? I think so. I, I'm sorry but, if I'm wrong, but, but no. regardless, it's. It's the guys at the top that set the tone for the organization. Because look at like Cleveland, when you run down and do a history yeah. of like the decades of the the mismanagement and just the nonsense that's going on in those organizations. organizations in all of the major sports. When you look at typically successful, typically mediocre, or typically shit, there it's not by accident what category you fall into. Right. It's those decisions with the front office, and a lot of those decisions are financial. Some of the financial stuff is, yeah, I kind of have to because I play in a market, depending on if sure. you're in a, depending on what sports you're in. But, I mean, this is interesting stuff, and I, I got to believe that the, the 30 baseball teams, 
they 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 know they know who's good they know who's average oh, they yeah. know who's sharp as hell and they're and they're headhunters after them oh yeah and at the end of the day i mean they aren't probably too much different than players where it says i can make blank amount here but i'm being recruited here it's you're probably not even working for your boyhood team this is your job to help them win it's a business thing sure mm-hmm. interesting yeah, Holmgren went to uh, Seattle yeah, in 1999 okay. and took them to the Super Bowl against the Steelers in 2006. Okay. Was, was John Kitna the quarterback of the, the Seahawks? Maybe. But I'll, I'll look anyway, just a second. Is. But uh, he was there in Seattle until 2008, and then he went um, to Cleveland in 2010 oh, to 12 as team president. There you oh, go. Okay, that's, okay, okay. that's the boy, Cleveland that was connection I was thinking of. God. Yeah. God, I bet he um, looked like a fat bastard in those Browns. Over, huh? Oh, I can only imagine. Huh? Oh, I can right. only imagine that. Oof. Yeah. Te- as team president, I would hope that he would just be up in a like a suite somewhere. I know, but I still can't brown. help but to picture him wearing like a Romeo Cornell brown, <laughs> incredibly not. <laughs> uh, but hey, by the way, good for Mark Adonazio for for doing what he's doing and locking these guys in and giving them the raises and the titles that they yeah. need. Because I remember when Adonazio took over the team, I was despondent. I thought. Oh fuck! <laughs> like yeah. he was a, some hedge fund guy, and and I'm like, well, we're this is gonna suck. He's from L.A. He's from like, L.A. The team's leaving. Y- exactly. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, shit. They've had nothing but success. Seattle since he's come over. Seattle's quarterback was Matt Hasselbeck. What was that? Okay. Form, another former Packer, and Sean Alexander was their running back. I still back. remember Hasselbeck's eight trillion yard game that got a bad yeah the huge ass contract you know what packer as we digress a little bit packers backup quarterbacks over the last two decades have done a really good job of having one or two really good games and then cashing in on it matt 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 hasselbeck matt flynn uh 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 uh, aaron uh, aaron brooks aaron brooks yep well you can go down the list mark brunel was a backup ty detmer he no he backed it uh, brunel backed it up he went to jacksonville and did really well but that was a quarterback factory for oh, a long time. Absolutely. Which, of course, it would be when you Doug got... Peterson was healthy enough. Doug Peterson. <laughs> Doug Peterson was a backup quarterback for 100 years, and then he was a starter for a couple of years. Yeah, like, in, in Philly, right? That's where he went yeah. to become... Yeah, yeah. And then went on to coach him to a to a Super Bowl title. Good Lord. And he doesn't have concussion. God, he doesn't I... have CTE. I don't know if he's been hit. <laughs> I... <laughs> that was... Unless somebody that... accidentally oh. threw a football in Philadelphia practice and <laughs> hit him in the head. He's, he's got his rocks about him. God, that would have been the best job. You ever, know, ever. for all we say about Brett Favre, yeah. you know, he he didn't miss a game for like ten years. No. So you're, you're, Doug, Doug Peterson would come in with four minutes in the fourth quarter and take snaps or hand it off. Yeah. And... Well, it, it, it's like being Cal Ripken's backup. Do you remember who Cal Ripken's heir apparent was for a long time? He played for the Brewers. Royce Clayton. Seriously? Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. I... Oh. You talk about being blocked. <laughs> wow. We yeah. might find some time for you at second. <laughs> I don't know. Jesus. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's let's uh, let's move on because we have digressed. Uh, if the Brewers didn't exist, gentlemen, there was no Brewers team. Now, you can, who would you cheer for? You can go a couple different routes with this. Now, hold on. Let's say the Brewers never existed. They stayed in Seattle oh. and they were the Pilots. Okay. okay? Oh, who, so you're not just no, saying. No, no, no. I'm like, saying that, that's one way to look at it. Okay. Also, let's say today, for whatever reason, Miller Park got sucked into a black hole and now all of a sudden they're gone. After an 88-year-old hit a uh, hit a uh, fire hydrant. Oh, that was good. 
That was really smart. Oh, that was a oh, the, the single cool death story. From, yeah, good work. Huh, nice, Coach. I'd bring content to this one. I think you're listening. Yeah, you can go now. God damn it. Uh, anyway, so, yeah, who would you guys cheer for? Is there a team that you think, I don't know, either aligns with your values mm-hmm. or a proximity, whatever? What? Who, who would we cheer for? Okay, I can go. Nope. Um, so, so I have to look at it uh, both uh, both ways geographic. Um, it, it, it's, it's a two-way street because I want it to be um, close. I'm certainly not going to go Texas or California, but I also certainly can't go Minnesota, Illinois, or probably Michigan with Detroit just because of feelings against those teams. Oh, so I know where you're I, going I, then. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so say, um, so say I grew up. I was born in 1968. We know when the Brewers um, became the Brewers. I, I suppose part of it's depending on how I was raised. But if I had any say about it, it would either be the Indians or Reds because they fit the general geographic. Yeah. Time frame, and they don't. I, they, the hatred for the entire state of Illinois, which I have, and the hatred for Minnesota sports teams, which I have in Detroit. How can you really root for anything involving Detroit, right? So, <laughs> so it would really be a split, you know. And then I would lean National League just because of, of where the Brewers are. So, so, right. so, so the two Ohio teams for me. Yeah, that's that. That makes sense, and that's. I, it's funny because I know Justin what what you're gonna say, and you guys both pick them as who you're gonna cheer for in the playoffs this year. If if the Brewers got bounced, if you're not cheering for the Brewers, right. who are you cheering for in the playoffs? Right. And you said the Reds, yeah. And that's what it comes down to here. So that certainly makes. And 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 for what it's worth, when I was putting this together, I was gonna stretch my ge- geography a little bit to Pittsburgh, just because I respect the hell out of that team. I've always respected the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I've compared them to the Packers of the, you know, the 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 NFC. Pittsburgh's an incredibly good sports town um, that I respect the hell out of, where I disrespect Philadelphia just because of it's Philadelphia. (laughs) But Pittsburgh is is like the the redheaded stepchild. I mean, they're like one-fifth of the population, but their fans are great. So, um, you know what, and and I'll throw this in as just a little bit of an asterisk because um, uh, the Pittsburgh Pittsburgh, um, ballpark is my favorite out of the 29 I've been to. Mm -hmm. I might even... Tip my cap to, to, to being a Pirates fan. Hmm. I actually thought you might say the Cardinals, just based on the Midwest. And, and you're talking about the Cardinals fans and right. your, your admiration right. And for don't them, think I didn't but... think about that or, and, and the Royals. It's, it's just hard. I respect the, the, the shit out of the Cardinals, and we've talked about it before. You know, let's not disrespect excellence because they really, they've really been good, and I know sure. they've kicked the shit out of the Brewers. Just because a team has really owned you, you cannot like them from a cheering standpoint, but don't you really have to sit back and say, what has that organization done? They're not a major media market. They have consistently been in the discussion forever. You take Kansas City, what they've done in the most recent years, but sure. they've, they've been the, you know, they've been a little bit more <laughs> out there. But yeah. the Cardinals have been consistent, and their home uniforms well, are the second best in baseball. Well, and if you don't, when you don't have a home team, if there's no team in your hometown, you would likely gravitate to a winner. And, and what do mm-hmm. you do if you live in Nebraska or Kansas or some of these states? You you right. do have your pick, and not everybody goes by geography, right? Right. No. Well, and, and here's the thing, too. Like, when we grew up, you know, when cable and satellite was not a huge thing, you yeah. maybe got cable. Who did you see on cable? Two uh, teams. The, the Braves and Cubs. Braves, Braves and, and Cubs. Cubs. So, 
But yes. I just want to take one step back because I think it's interesting, and it just came to me. So I'm born in 1968. The Brewers don't exist because the Pilots never came or whatever. Yep. The Reds in the mid-'70s were really, oh, really, red, really right. good. Yep. yep. And, and um, well, right, probably would be my team. Yeah, and um, I mean, I growing up like in the 80s when, when I did, I, there was plenty of kids in my school who were 49er fans yeah. because yeah. the 49ers were winning constantly. And you just grab it. Or like, I, there's a this core of John Elway Bronco fans in my middle school, sure. just because they're they're great, and that's what kids tend to do is you Thank gravitate you. to who's awesome, and they're playing all the national games. They're they're on TV all the time, so it's it's not like a you can't look down your nose at someone for saying, well, you only like them because they're good. Well, when you're young and you're watching teams, that's who you, you gravitate you to. You don't have the loyalty, right? No, the you know, and then that gets into a team switcher depending on that. Yeah. My my oldest kid, who's not into sports, is a Seahawks fan. For God knows, because they've been good for a long time. He mm-hmm. likes Russell Wilson, and he went to Seattle on a, on a trip. So he's you know, he just likes Seattle. It's how it is. Sometimes you just gravitate to a team. So, Justin, are, do you want me to go on who I would cheer for? Yes, please. Okay. <laughs> so knowing th- this is sort of easy for me just because my parents are from Chicago. They grew up on the south side of Chicago, mm-hmm. like a Chicago family. Like, yep. that's why I'm a Bears fan. It's not because of any sort of, I grew up watching them be awesome because the only year they were awesome was 85. Yep. And, of course, that was great when you were in fourth grade and, and you could <laughs> like, oh, whoa, before I even knew anything. Now, if I could look back on it, I'd go, God, I had it so good back then. Oh, absolutely. When the Bears were actually oh. knew what the hell they were oh. doing. But no, I, I I would be a White Sox or a Cub fan, and it pains me to say it. Yep. But but growing up, if your parents are from Chicago, the South Side specifically, yep. and, and 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 like I've said, Grandma Jerry was a massive Cub fan. Like they just yep. love watching the Cubs. Of course, I would end up jumping on on that bandwagon just because you have that familial connection to that team, right? And. Go ahead. No, and I was gonna say if the Brewers never existed, you wouldn't have that hatred you, for the Cubs. You wouldn't have that no hatred for the Cardinals. Them. Right? Absolutely. There'd be no reason, no yep. reason to hate them. So, uh, Travis, I was just saying, I would go Cubs or White Sox. Probably. Well, I don't know. It's a tough call. I, I think that's a really great point that you just made. If they're not that competition, and as much as I have learned to dislike Illinois for other reasons as an adult, <laughs> as an eleven-year-old, I don't know Illinois sucks. Well, and and I. <laughs> I, I, you know, they're, you know. Sure. Well, and I didn't have the hatred for the Cubs until the Brewers moved into the National League. They were just another team, just right. another kind of like the way I feel about the White Sox now. I don't like the White Sox, but I don't care about the White Sox. Right. Because mm-hmm. they're just another team that we barely ever play. That was the way I felt about the Cubs. It's like, oh, aren't they cute? They're doing their thing and they lose, and that's yep. funny. But I didn't hate them now. It's like when they play all the time and the Cub fans invade Miller Park, then you Ugh. develop this just hatred for them. So I would, of course, gravitate to the Cubs or White Sox, probably the Cubs, because my grandma absolutely loved them. So right, and a, and a great reason to do it. Right. Well, and and that would be the the greatest thing well, ever. Yeah, yeah, once yeah. they won, then you well, could so, say, yeah, so, Grandma so Jerry. Like a, so so like in my case, you know, you 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 eventually start disliking Illinois and Illinois sports teams. Yeah. But say I had a close relative that I was close to that was a Cubs fan, boy, I would probably be a Cubs fan. Sure. And so right. that's a game changer completely. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, mine's the Twins. No, I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> <laughs> yes! 
That is the exact reaction that I was hoping that I was going to get. I, I have written on here, twins. Haha, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I, I was looking for that reaction, and it was fantastic. You know what? If you it, was worth, it was worth every second If you could have kept that going oh, even another 10 seconds. I couldn't do it. it the, look on your, the look on your face was fantastic. And I bought it. I, I know you did. It was great. Because I was just like waiting for tell me why. <laughs> Oh, that was totally nice. worth it. Oh, yeah. thank you. Yeah, screw the fat kid. Thank you. No, no. In all real, uh, in all reality, it w- mine would probably be the Indians uh, because of geography and you know, you, Cleveland is very similar to what Milwaukee is. It's very similar to what the Green Bay Packers are. It's very yeah. similar to what we are used to as Wisconsin sports fans. And I really like the underdog. They haven't won in like a bajillion years. Well, they're now so. the team, right? They're the they're, new Cubs. They're the longest. The they're the longest. Yeah. Yep. So this brings up a discussion, and this wasn't planned, a discussion I had with a person that we used to work with who was unit number two named Brad, and we had a discussion years ago that if either of us didn't go with our teams, which would be the Packers and the Vikings, and both of us universally said we would be Browns fans and listed our reasons. Now, we're talking about baseball, I get that, Mm -hmm. but the reasons we both said were they're fairly close to us, and what represents our values. Sure. Yep. It's and a I blue, threw Pittsburgh in there, color. by the way. But, I mean, you. Yep. it's like the Browns are, that would be, if the if the Packers never existed, I'm almost sure I'd be a Browns well, fan, if oh, not yeah. that Steelers. Well, look, yep. look, Cleveland has a rabid fan base. Yeah, I mean, are. the dog pound is legendary. Their teams have sucked for so long, but they sell out their crowds. They're they're. Fans are as passionate as any of them in and, the country. And, and at this point, doesn't it become for them, I assume, like the Cubs fans? Like, it's a badge of honor. Like, yeah. look at what I can tolerate. I don't care how bad you are. I'm going to be there. I'm going to support you. Because when it happens, if it happens, then I can stand on top of the highest mountain and proclaim it finally happened. So spot on. And it does go back to what we were talking about a few minutes ago about the front office. The Browns have sucked. Oh. It hasn't been an accident. It, it has been the fans do not deserve that front office that right. has loaded on them 30 or 40 years of shit. Yeah. Now, <laughs> I had a Brian Sype jersey once. I'm, I'm trying, I would have been 10 or 11 years Wait, old. Uh, uh, Number what? 12. <laughs> Brian Sype was a quarterback for the Browns. Yeah. Re- oh, yeah. I don't know that name. Who? S I P E, Brian Sype. Really? Where did he play college? I don't know. North Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> You've never heard of Brian Sype? See, that's generational. I'm 52. So Brian Sype was the starting quarterback of the Browns for at least a couple of years, maybe several, and he was an average guy. And I just, you know, I was at that age where I had football cards, and I didn't give two shits less about the Packers because I was that age. Yeah. And he was just one of the guys, and I I had um, Steve Rakowski's jersey from the Falcons. You know, you you (laughs) got to remember, when when you're a grew up a Packer person, mm-hmm. and you're born in 1968, oh. at the time that you can actually start concentrating, let's say 12 is that age, I want I want, I want, want you to tell me how the Packers did from 1980 to <laughs> 1989. Sure, yeah. Let's it's, just say like high school. Yeah, you're so, not looking at them for your, your we're not, heroes. We're, we're, and, we're not yeah. looking at that, but I was a Packer fan because you had sure to be. It wasn't yeah. because they had earned it in my individual. Because when you're young, you don't look at the 60s as – you're not. You don't have any historical perspective. No. You're just like who wins and who doesn't. Right. Yep. And maybe a cool uniform color. Mm-hmm. And Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. 
My buddy oh, Troy, yes, yeah. who's a son of yeah. Denny, who we had on, used to sell peaks of his Dallas Cowboy Cheerleader T-shirt for twenty-five cents in sixth grade. Really? That's brilliant. Uh-huh. I, w- I would have paid at that age. Peaks of the T-shirt. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Okay, let's go on to something else. What would you like to do next, Travis? Do you want to do one of your new topics? Yeah, I would, actually. What should we do? Well, why don't you choose um, which one? We either have the biggest oh shit moments in history or the never uttered. I want to do the never uttered. I think that'd be fun. Yeah. Justin's in there like wrecking my bathroom right now. So why don't we take a quick break until he gets out and then we'll, we'll resume. Be right back. All right, welcome back. And before we get into the never uttered statements, Justin, I just go ahead. poured a beer perfectly. You did, but we have no evidence of it, so I'm going to pretend it didn't exist. What 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 do you need for evidence? You both sat here and watched it. <laughs> Justin, do you remember seeing anything? Um, I do not recall. <laughs> <laughs> um, can I also say this is the first weekend of like deer hunting? I'm glad you guys don't deer hunt so that we can do this. Yeah. deer hunting so that's really nice by the way this, well, i'm not gonna go out till later tonight <laughs> <laughs> the, the next the next 10 days my facebook feed is gonna be full of dead animals oh it's kind of you, know you know yeah. what you know what though that it's not so bad because people at work hunt yeah and then for the next like two weeks we get various uh deer related meat oh, products in that's and I true love it. yeah we we do reap the benefits of their hard work. Yeah. But well, hard 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 work. work. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The the hardest thing I think um uh my my new partner who's yeah. going to be working with me is said that she like doesn't deer. I thought she did because she's a big hunter. She says no, I'm not up to getting up early in the morning, going out in the cold and having to take off eight layers to take a leak, which. It's that, that it's ex- I'm like oh, that sounds familiar. It's exactly uh-huh. one of the reasons I don't, I don't want to do it. But mm-hmm. anyway, um, so we're going to go on to statements never uttered, things that we don't think have ever been said in the course of human history, or as I teased earlier, under the most dire of circumstances. So, Travis, why don't you uh, you want to talk about this? Was your idea? Yeah, as usual, you're you're gonna you're gonna take the lead as far as the, the actual statement, but I want to give a. Um, just a little bit of a framework of what we're looking at. So here would be an example. God, she's got a nice ass. I just wish her tits weren't so big. <laughs> that statement has never been uttered. And if it was, it was just some idiot it was like <laughs> joking, right? And it's never been uttered. So what I just said, those words through thousands of years of human history and lots and lots of beer being drank. Nobody's ever uttered that statement. So that's what we're looking at here. Lead us off here. <clears throat> All right, I'm going to start it off. I sure wish I had AIDS. <laughs> Holy shit. Holy Jesus. <laughs> God, you're coming out swinging. I, <laughs> I just don't. Wow. Oh, wow. I, you know, I think it just shows that we don't share our content <laughs> wow man oh man okay no Good. one said that oh great no okay <laughs> well okay then all right follow okay. that up so, so i'm not I'm, sure how you follow that i'm gonna go a little more lighthearted than that <laughs> well what everything's more lighthearted than that <laughs> uh no thank you one girl scout thin men cookie is enough for me <laughs> oh, that's definitely lighter <laughs> that's lighter 
That's definitely lighter. That's more like where I'm going. But... <laughs> All right. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we might find a middle ground with this one here. Hey, that woman in her sweatpants waiting for the bus, she's fucking hot. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> that that that's eerily close to number four that I was going to like. That was a that was a runner up. Yeah, you, you could right. easily sub bus stop for Walmart and in that one. That's and it what it was going to be. Is, the, yeah. the, the, the hey, that that girl wearing uh, pajamas at Walmart, sir, hot. <laughs> yep. Yep. All right, all right, all right. No, 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 no. Back. Thank oh, you, Josh. Is, mine don't get any less like. I'm a little nervous. Oh man, Jesus. All right, here we go. Shalom, Hitler. Oh, wow. Oh, God. I'm sorry. I'm and sorry. And let me guess your number three is somehow, some way worse. <laughs> man, oh, man. Justin, oh. you have another Girl Scout cookie? Uh... Holy shit. No, but I'm going to switch my two and three around just because. <laughs> wow. Uh, I went to Target for toilet paper and left with nothing else. (laughs) That's absolutely true. Absolutely true. Yeah. All right. That PT Cruiser is not only great looking, but it fucking tears the road up. (laughs) (laughs) Truly has never been said. Uh, Nope. I'm here. I'm a little anxious. This one's not as bad. Oh no, it's really? Not not nearly as bad. No, just a... I was gonna I was gonna like finish with the AIDS one, but <laughs> but I thought why not <laughs> lead God, why not lead with the AIDS joke? No, thank you. I would not like to receive oral sex today. Yep. (laughs) Even if you're at Leavenworth, (laughs) I I think if you're at Leavenworth, then no, you don't turn that. You don't turn that down. (laughs) Especially if you're at Leavenworth, because you're receiving and not giving. Yeah, I I I have to say the the one that didn't make the cut for me involved John Wayne Gacy. So, (laughs) Jesus, what is wrong with you? I'm sorry, I had fun with this one. This was no, that's great. Check your thing. Oh, go ahead, Justin. Wow. That political post you made on Facebook really made me change my mind. <laughs> oh, that Lord. was poignant. That, yeah. Thank huh? you for that. That was good. All right. Travis, you got the hammer? From Governor Tony Evers. Oh, no. Oh, no. Hey, you. Grab that two-by-four and give me a hand over here. You don't think that's good. There's something wrong with you. I'm going to repeat it. Governor Tony Evers. Hey, you. Grab that two by four and give me a hand over here. <laughs> Look. <laughs> I, Josh is offended like after age references. Holocaust. Oh, no. That Tony Evers threw him over the edge. Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, and don't don't forget his fourth one that involved John Wayne Gacy. Oh, yes. <laughs> that that went unsaid. Oh. Uh, yeah, I don't want to go there. That would be too offensive. 
<laughs> oh Jesus! Oh. So, what, so what do you think? We we do it again? Sometime? Oh, we have to do this. Again. Oh, oh yeah, because yeah. I don't even think you've got any your serial killer nope. stuff. Nope, sure. Josh, I, 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 I get a lot of these because I can only imagine the ones that that hit the, the <laughs> that editing room floor or whatever they say, the cutting room or yeah, where I thought it maybe I went too far. <laughs> no, because because no, 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 of, no. I'm saying the ones that that no, I no because yeah. the the ones that made it were okay with you. I can only imagine. <laughs> no, maybe I should just. I asked your wife, hey, did uh, did Josh bring up, you know, did he throw anything at you? I did. Possible? I you did. did. I ran it past her. Yeah. Okay, because yeah. I kind of... <laughs> see, my wife just looks at me and says, do whatever. <laughs> so she isn't, uh, she isn't the target demographic at almost age 50. And, yeah, right. I don't know what, oh, that was good. That was fun. That was, that my, was good uh, stuff. That was yeah. good stuff. Favorite segment oh, of all goodness. time. Uh, should we do a us and then do our anti us? I think yes. so. Yes, let's do that. Anyone want to start? Yes, I do. Okay. My Bruce to this. Mm-hmm. Having to pay for parking at stadiums or ballparks. Oh. I absolutely despise that. You are saying that I need to purchase a ticket to go into the game. I understand that. Mm-hmm. You're not providing me a place to fucking park for free then. I'm already paying a bunch of money for this ticket to go into the game. It should be an all-encompassing thing. My ticket price also includes me being able to park near the ballpark. Me having to pay an additional 25% of the ticket price <laughs> yeah. to be able to park outside your stadium. It's stupid. That... I, you know what? It's this isn't hard hitting, but it's just one of those things that I think is yeah, dumb. no. It is, and it's become natural. I think you just naturally think about. Yes. and it's not even it's not even the teams because if you go to to Wrigley Field and you have to find a place, God forbid, you have to find a place to park right to go to a game at Wrigley. There's how many lots, or even right. Minneapolis when we won't go up to watch college baseball games. You have yeah. to pay yep. to get into those places. Well, and and, and Lambeau Field, you can't even park in the parking lot unless you're a season ticket holder. Oh really? Like they don't offer regular tickets to like the one game purchase. You have to purchase parking from a season ticket it, holder. In Green Bay, is it is it like in Chicago where they some somebody who happens to live close to the stadium will allow you to park on their lawn for yep. twenty bucks? You do can do, do that. that. There? There's the Resch Center that's uh, right across the street that uh, they sell parking in there. Uh, people will uh, sell. Uh, St- or driveway stalls for money and, and, and it's just a cash unless you're really morbidly obese or diseased you can find stuff really an easy walking distance yep wherever huh. you really right. get but i mean to, to your point yeah it's one of those things that has become maybe you always had to pay for parking but what was the price back 20 25 years ago i don't know you slide it in it's a business i get that but yeah i, I don't know how you do it Maybe you do it. I mean, maybe you present your ticket in. I mean, there's a distinct, there's a good possibility that you pay more for parking at Miller Park than you would for your ticket. You might. If you get one of those bleacher seats and you can spend eight, ten bucks on it. Right. And you can, and what what is a regular, twelve, thirteen dollars or something for regular general admission parking? I think it's twenty bucks, twenty, twenty-five bucks for parking at Miller Park. Well, for the, for the, um, the preferred, VIP parking, preferred, preferred parking. Preferred. Yeah, to, to get in the lot that's sort of close to the stadium mm-hmm. as opposed to having to go over the bridge. But uh, The bridge, yeah. But yeah. In, in Milwaukee, you're not going to park on a side street to no, walk into no. Miller Park. Your car's going to get jacked. Your car's going to get stolen or yeah. broken into. There's going to be something that happens to your car. Uh, on those, uh, was it three beer walks? Yeah. Uh, I would probably bring a gun with me. 
Right. So I right. mean, in, into West yeah. Milwaukee. Yeah. Or, yeah. 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 So you, yeah, you, they're forcing you to pay for it because you're not stupid enough to right park in and walk in. Right. So they're you know yeah, what they're fleecing, they're gouging. Of course, absolutely yeah. they are. So yeah. you know, add five bucks to your ticket price and call well, it good. And it makes me wonder, like, so at places like because. Parking is a huge cash cow for these teams. Mm-hmm. Right? They're making a lot of money, obviously, off this. So a place like Wrigley or a downtown field where they try to, they're trying to put more stadiums in the downtown area because it revitalizes the downtown area. Does the team take a hit if they do that when there's uh, not this? I'm sure they raise the ticket prices. I, I'm sure if we look sure. at uh, look at a sure. Cubs game ticket price compared to a Brewers game yeah. ticket price, the tickets are more expensive. They adjust it accordingly. Oh, yeah, I, they sense. have to. That makes sense. Yeah. Travis, Bruce, uh, by the way, do we explain what the Bruce of us is? It's just our gripe about sports, right? One yeah. old man, get off our lawn kind of thing that we just hate about sports. Yep. Go ahead, Travis. So one happened yesterday. <clears throat> I'm watching the Badgers Northwestern game. Shit. Mm. I think you're taking mine. Mm, boy. Go ahead. Did it have anything to do with a uh, uh, play review? Reverse no, call or no? Or, or, please go. Or, ahead. Are you going to go with the there, fourth and six? And nope, the, I'm going with something else. There's a lot of there's a lot there's of a lot things you can about that game. So. Um, so I mentioned the, the Badger Northwestern game. That's just the most recent example. Here it is. Any play in any sport, baseball, football, I guess those are our big ones here, where there's been a review and there has been unbelievably clear and convincing evidence that you as a fan, sober or buzzed, can look at and say, Jesus Christ, this is really obvious. And somehow, some way. They will go back to the referee or the head umpire and without absolutely any logic at all, um, either either affirm a play that never should have been uh, affirmed or overturned. And my point is this. I think replay is good. It has to be part of the game. But there has to be some accountability for those people. Now, they don't have 20 minutes to make a decision. Sometimes it seems like that. But they have a, a relatively short window because they're under pressure. There are so many that I've seen, and there just doesn't seem to be any acknowledgement or what I've heard from the we as a blank, blank, take responsibility for that fuck up. So yesterday in the Badgers Northwestern game, there was a um, there was a uh, Northwestern receiver, and it was ruled a catch on the field, and his foot was no less than two or three inches off the ground. This is well, the, first, his, the first drive, I think. The very first it? drive. Yeah. So the, the receiver's yeah. left foot is planted clearly out of bounds, and then when the receiver comes into contact with the ball, the foot is clearly in the air, whether it's an inch, two inches, three inches. I mean, it was it was unmistakable, and you almost wondered, did they have the same view that, that the whole world had? Mm-hmm. And and it set the tone in that game, and the, the Badgers, oh, by the way, got beat. This was not cool. why they got beat. No, no but, it but, but it is a little bit of a, a, a tone setter. And so it's, and, and I'm the official referee, always support guy. I truly am. Yep. But when you have a chance, oh, by the way, those officials want to have it over turned if they're wrong because they don't want to leave with the i cost a team a game they would rather be overturned than than that and there were you've seen some where it's just like what are what are they literally watching so that that's mm-hmm. my that's my yeah. Bruce no you and, 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 and that, what what have you seen in the last 15 years i bet i've seen 20 or 30 of them at least where it's just like there's absolutely no explanation for what they did this is no middle ground this is like right you know two plus two equals four folks well, this is and in that game yesterday the the announcers were 
completely baffled. They, too. they couldn't believe yeah. it. They were like, "Oh, yeah, they're not having a great game," and it's just like right. With, and and they've got their official in the booth, you know, who's yeah. texting them saying, "Yeah, yeah clearly yeah. not a catch." And it turns out it, they call it a catch. Oh, and yeah. what 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 bugs me about that a little bit is I. In some way, I like how baseball does it in that they it's completely out of the the, the oh, umps on the field's yep. hands. So, right. and you said you you said like yeah the the referee doesn't want to get it wrong because he wants to get it right. But if you're that that head official looking at it and judging your partner's call, is there a little bit of I want to support my guy when you take Solid it completely point. away from from that official's hands? Like this guy out here who's just watching. Has nothing to do with it. He can make that call. Well, I, I don't I have, like when the guy in the field goes over, looks at it, and then decides. So I have some inside information because I am an acquaintance of a Big Ten um, official really? guy. And I'll, I'll tell you names and stuff. But his job, I mean, it rotates depending on what you do in the, re- um, in the replay booth. You're the assistant or you're ultimately making the decision or whatnot. But you do communicate and you coordinate with a referee on the field. Now, you obviously know that person. Yep. But sure. you, you communicate and try to, 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 to get that right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's these are all very honest and, and good people. But there are calls right. like, I, I just, I, I have absolutely no explanation for how that one called yesterday. I just have done. I, I'm sure the explanation will be, well, the view... That person's foot still could have been theoretically on the ground, and you didn't. That that's what they were going to go with that, but it just no, that yeah. didn't cut it in that case. And yeah. it's a big play. Yeah. So no, no, you're you're right. Good one. Um, my Bruce of this also comes back to the Northwestern Wisconsin game, but it extends out to a lot of different things. How many times did you guys hear the Wildcat sound effect that they play in Evanston? Thirty times. On, on sometimes on one drive in the first half <laughs> when they do that, I actually made a mental note of it. That's a good one. Yeah. Like, oh, when, you're when overdoing like this, folks. A, a good play, and they'll do it like three times in a row. Now, it, now a lot of places do this. Like uh, Penn State does the exact same sound effect because they're the Nittany, they're Lions, the Nittany Lions, Lions and they're the Wildcats. They're the now, winless Nittany Lions. Yes. Well, <laughs> the Sandusky oh, it supporting have, it Nittany, Nittany Lions. To yeah. A better. Better university. Absolutely right. Remind about that. me to tell you in some episode about my trip to Penn State, but go ahead. And this also extends yeah. to even the Vikings and their freaking horn. Oh. See, right there. Just, it, I'm, I'm, it's I'm just, you know what? How about on a great, huge Ugh. play, you do that? Not when you stop a team on second and eight for no gain. That's not a sound effect. Time type. and place, folks. Come on, time it's and place. So oh, by the way, now. the players in the field that you're trying to encourage, they know what's a huge play and what's not. Right. Because right. <laughs> that's really all you're trying to do, right? Is if you have home field, really your only goddamn advantage is you don't have to travel anywhere, and we can control the sound effects, right? Right. Or to or to pump up a crowd. Do you think a college? Um, no. a, a home college team in Alabama or Florida State or Wisconsin needs a sound effect. Now, Wisconsin does, as far as I know, I don't think the, a badger makes a sound that you could like play, but I no. don't think Wisconsin does it. And thank God, because it is so cheap and artificial and fake. It just... it. God, it was over the top last night. I mean, oh, just I, over and no, over No, it, it was that again. obvious to where I made a note. I was watching it alone, and I'm just... Oh. Come on. 
Yeah. So, and I'm sure, like, I'm sure there's I'm, some. I'm, I'm li- you know, yeah, they they could be like first and ten. The Badgers could have the ball. The Badgers could have seven yards. They're second and three, and they do that because they didn't. It's like, whoa, right? Be smart. Yeah. Do you have a sound effect to play first, Justin? Oh, or yeah, I'm tr- I'm trying to mute it so that the ad doesn't. Oh, play. okay. All right. But yeah, oh, I, and I'm sure there's a. Go ahead. That's not a badger sound. The, the, what, what, what are you? What are you doing? That's like a snake charmer. Hold on. That's, that's just. It feels like it's from the. Com- that's a badger. Oh yeah. That's what a badger sounds like. You know what? That's a good cool. sound. Why don't they have <laughs> it? Cool. Hell yes. No, no, I don't want that played at Camp Randall. Why not? I don't want to be one of those teams. Get that out of there. It, it, it time and place. How about if? How about before the kickoff and after the game? All right. How about that? Maybe. Start of the second half or a touchdown, something like that. Well, no, because on Wisconsin is the or not on Wisconsin, but the. Yeah, da, 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 yeah I I, I understand, but you can play that for for two seconds or whatever, but That's not it. on a second and ten incomplete pass. Then you're gonna. Just so annoying. No, nice one. Yeah. Very good. Anyway, anti-Brucevist. Justin, what makes you feel good about sports? I like that for a few hours a day, it doesn't matter what your political affiliations are. It doesn't matter anything about what you do for work. Um, anything really. It's You get supportive behind a local sports team. And I, you know, it, it's even more um, you know, exemplified in... Um, that Derby, um, uh, Derby soccer, days, yeah. that soccer uh, thing from European European soccer leagues, the uh, the Derbies, you know, it's the big clashes between the two major teams. It, you know, political affiliations aside, in the United States, not necessarily in Europe, but um, for that for that three hours, it doesn't matter if you're a welder, you're a um, a nurse, you're a, a ditch digger, you're the CEO of Amazon. Um, you can get behind the, and, and be supportive of another person behind this yeah. team. Do you remember the scene in Major League? Yes. After they win the game, yep, 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 when yep. there's that scene in the bar and that construction worker yes. grabs onto that punk rock looking gal yep. and hugs her, and then they look at each other like, what are we doing? Yep. And they just go right back to hugging. That yep. is the epitome I just, of what you're talking about. I just about. watched that movie last night, which is sort of oh, what really? yeah, oh, brought this all good. up. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Ah. The world needs ditch diggers too, Danny. <laughs> Caddyshack. Nice. <laughs> Here's mine. Walking through a parking lot of or parking lot of Old County Stadium or Miller Park, especially a day game, and smelling the smells, and um, and just the the aura and the atmosphere yeah. outside is usually um, better than inside. It's a little bit anticlimactic because you know, and and it's just fond memories of me growing up as much as anything. Because yep. if I'd start going to games yes. at age twenty, it wouldn't mean that much to me. But because I was going to them well before I was able to drink, even you know, underage and stuff, it was just like you. This was a major, major ass event, and you go into County Stadium and you smell what's on the grill, and everybody's <laughs> holding a beer. Mm. It's just what you do apparently before a baseball game, even if the game starts at one and it's. 10 30 in the morning or whatever but it's that that's what i i really 
Um, well, it's very much connected tr- to, to Justin's thing. It's like yeah. you're all one. You're all there for one team. It doesn't matter what we do outside of this or what no, we're affiliated I, with. It doesn't matter. Like you're no, a Brewer that, fan. I'm with you today. That's perfect. And of, and, of, and, and, of, and of course, a nice sunny day helps that. Oh, and yeah. if you and if you have the right. weather, uh, perfect. But it's uh, yeah. You know, it's one of those. You have to be there to appreciate it. You have to care yes. about it, number two. And you also have to be willing to get there two hours before the first pitch and yep. want to do that. Not because you're going to lose a seat if you're there at the first pitch, but you want to. You yeah. want to be part of that. And that's what I think a big, it's part of what makes Wisconsin unique. Well, and When you're old enough to underage drink. Yeah. Well, that's what it is. When, whenever that starts, it's well, different and, for some people. But to me, it was sixteen. Well, and and th- this will take away from a future anti-Brucevis of mine. Right. But playing catch with my kid oh, in, oh, yeah. in the parking lot of Miller Park is awesome. Can't it, get it, that back. You don't get it back. Right? No, no. And maybe he'll still want to do it when he's twenty-eight. I don't know. But just maybe do he will. That. But that that'll be. Yeah, it's phenomenal. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah that's, that's really good. Uh, my anti Brewstabus, and I will never get tired of seeing this. And I and I thought about it because the NBA draft was just the other day, and I watched it. I love it when a kid gets drafted and he breaks down in tears. Mm-hmm. Love it because I don't. For the vast majority of it, that's not fake. That's a legit like holy crap! I got drafted yep. by the Knicks, who are horrible, and yet. Uh, this is a culmination of the work I've done throughout my life. Up until right. This point. And of course, there, there's some like, because they know a camera's on them. I get that. But you can tell, you, an, an 18-year-old, 19-year-old kid can't fake that very well. And, and it, it's it's a great thing to watch. When no, there, was, I, there was a kid who got drafted. I really drafted. like that. There's a kid who got drafted. I forget where he's from or whatever. He couldn't even, because they tried to interview him right after. Couldn't even couldn't yeah. even talk. How about the how about the kid that had lost a parent to cancer like two years before oh, or something? Oh God! And her, her pictures yes. hanging behind oh. at the yep, time. Yep, yep. Oh, good grief! Gosh. Now he may be the biggest asshole on the planet, but for that moment right there, right. that's awesome to to see that kid do that and, and to experience that. I will never get tired of seeing that. So oh, that's neat. What I love about sports. Yeah. All right. Why don't we <laughs> change the tune and talk about a cool death story? Yes. Wow. Bless you, Justin. <laughs> Thanks, Who's bro. got a cool death story they want to talk about? I've got one. Go. January 14th, 2020. Oh, oh. Sergio Milan, he's 59 years old. Uh, he lives in Spain. A Torre Forda, Tarragona, Spain. Okay. Common he was spelling. Al- <laughs> common spelling. He was alone in his apartment. Uh, there was an explosion from a petrochemical plant that was three kilometers away. Jesus. That's that's a little yeah, a little bit less than two or around two miles. Uh, there was an explosion at this petrochemical plant about two miles away. It launched a one-ton iron plate no from the plant. Way. Into the apartment above him, which caused the ceiling to collapse over the top of him, and he was crushed. What? A one 
ton steel plate was launched three kilometers from an explosion at a chemical plant. And he's just sitting in his, I, I just envision him like watching Judge Judy or eating uh, some That's sort a, of lunch. Uh, and he's from Spain, so he's probably having a smoke, having a, probably to have a siesta. And, yep. He's, he's well, sitting in his apartment yeah. and a one ton plate <sighs> crashes from the ceiling above him. Not even hits his window Doesn't and even hits him, him in him. the face. It goes up above, it's like, above him. And then it crashes that down. one. Yeah. My God. Down over the top of him. Dunsky. That is awful. <laughs> Two miles, you say? Yeah, three three kilometers. So it it's it's uh, not even like... So, so you, what was the explosion? You said chemical plant? It's a petrochemical plant. So I looked this up here. It's the chemical industries of ethylene oxide explosion. <laughs> Jeez. Uh. So it was operated by IQOXE in how Tarragona. Long, how long Spain. do you think it took the plate to get there? Dan, did it start rotating? Did it? Right. It yeah. couldn't have been it, instant. It, it couldn't like have been it, the most no. aerodynamic <laughs> damn thing <laughs> in the world. No, it be, even if it's traveling at uh, 60 miles an hour, let's say, it still takes two, two minutes, minutes to get there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my Jesus. God. Well, you so know, and, and this you was like somewhere... heard something and went, whoa, that's peculiar. Thank this, God that plate's going high. This <laughs> happened somewhere between six forty and seven o'clock at night. Okay, because he's done with his nap then. Yeah, well, <laughs> he's thinking about bed. There, w- the blast was noticed within a, f- a radius of several kilometers, so you could hear it, you could feel it. The uh, explosion and fire. A, they they had to do a five hundred meter exclusion zone because of the. Um, chemicals toxicity and, uh, yeah, and absolutely wow yep. it reminds me of that was was it in beirut or where was that massive oh, warehouse yeah. explosion not that long ago uh, twitter captured it a million times maybe it wasn't beirut no it, was, it wasn't beirut it was um, um somewhere in the middle east i thought uh well whatever but yeah oh, that, man. that sucks god that's awful wow <laughs> travis yeah. <laughs> yeah so i uh Devin hyphen Leanne Berge of Shangaloo, Louisiana. That's right. Shangaloo, Louisiana. Just think about that name when you hear what uh, Devin Leanne did because it fits, right? <laughs> so she's visiting Lake Erling, E-H-R-L-I-N-G, in nearby Arkansas. So it's kind of near the border. Miss hmm. uh, Berge is uh, a resident of Shangaloo, and her and a male friend were visiting Lake Erling. So they don't give a lot of details and kind of the thought process involved in this. But there was a heavy rain, and she decided that she was going to, quote-unquote, have fun and take her mattress careening down the surging water into the spillway. <laughs> so unfortunately, Devin Leanne, that's right, her her first name is Hyphen. It's not a middle, like, Devin, uh, yep. it's, it's fucked up, right? Maybe they do that in Shangalu. But anyway... <laughs> Unfortunately, unfortunately, Devin Leanne was riding a foam egg-style crate mattress pad. Imagine a wet foam pad, quote-unquote, are you sinking yet? That's right. She probably sank pretty soon. So the friend, the male, who they might have probably been suspicious of at early on, said so. she simply vanished from sight at dusk. The next morning, her body was found in a tangle of trees 70 yards below the spillway. I did a little research on Devin Lemay. I like reading these obituaries. It kind of fills in <laughs> pictures because, because if 
if this was like the stupidest thing like she ever did or she was an ordinarily fantastic person i wouldn't do it because it just wouldn't be fair but i saw yeah i saw enough to know oh that boy. She's, she's worthy of this oh boy so yeah so a couple of things um this was in her obituary the funeral home they have these poster thoughts things we can see these oh. i knew devin for only a couple of years she was a good friend to me I haven't seen her since 2002 and have been searching for her ever since. I'm sorry I had to find her this way. So this is this person's claim that she kept searching and came upon that. That's what she is, wrote on the memory is, board? This is, this, is, this is the kind of quality friends that Devin Leanne has. But here's my favorite. Eddie and Mary Craig, E-D-D-I-E and Mary Craig, they posted this. Debbie, we are, are, the letter only. Oh, So sorry for your lost, you are... <laughs> We can do C-A-N-D-O anything. Please, P-L-Z, let us know. Your family, you are, is in our prayers. It just was a striking picture of, of oh. kind of the entire whatever. Oh, An obituary kind of said that she lived in, and died. But uh, <laughs> she, she at, at, at the end of the day, uh, Leanne saddled up uh, a, a, mattress. a mattress that anybody with an IQ over 30, uh, <laughs> screw that. Anybody that was born would know was going to fill with water and sink. This is not. Oh. I can't. I, I I can't think of a time where I ever would have been drunk enough to include the six point eight experience night to where I am going to intentionally float down a spillway in something that's going to sink in a porous. So we lost Devin Leanne, and all indications <laughs> she did not reproduce. Oh, Jesus. Or at least we hope not. We hope not. Oh, God. Wow. All right. <laughs> God, I need to take a breath after that. Yeah. Uh, that explosion was in Iran. Oh, the, the one yeah, you're the talking big, about, the yeah. warehouse thing? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, all right. Let's go back to the 1983 U.S. Tennis Open. Ooh. Stefan Edberg okay. is oh, playing. Yeah, Swedish. Yep. Stefan Edberg. He sent an errant serve toward the linesman. It hit the linesman directly in the groin. He pitched off the back of his chair, hit his head, and died. No, he didn't. Yes. I have never heard that. His name? Dick Wertheim. Oh. <laughs> what year? 1983. He have got you hit. ever heard that prior no. to researching that? No. I had never heard that before. He got hit straight in the nuts with a serve, fell off the back of his chair. It was the head blow that killed him. But getting hit in the balls with a serve was probably going 110 miles an hour and then died. And his name is Dick. And his name's Dick. I have never heard that. He said 1983. 1983. Dick Wertheim. Killed by a Stefan Edberg serve. You know, yeah, I can confirm that I just looked this up sure. real quick. And I mean, there. the story itself is not hard to believe at all, but it's like, why haven't we all I, heard I, that? I, I don't That's know. Fantastic. I, I, I had to, I confirmed, you know, through multiple internet searches, but yeah. Yeah, because well, truth but is I, usually I, I, better than fiction. But, but yeah. I guess because it's 80. Watch, have you, are you guys familiar with Stefan Edberg? Yes. My mom is a huge tennis I fan. I loved him. He was this quiet guy. He yep. played great. He was in kind of the McEnroe, Borg, Ivan Lendl, Boris Becker era. Yep. Yeah. Yep. You know who my favorite tennis player back in the day was? My mom made me watch all Give of them. Give me the initials. Uh, I actually don't know what 
his first name starts with. Last his son plays played in the NBA. Well, Yannick Noah. Okay. Loved Yannick oh, Noah. Oh, of course. Yeah. 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 See, but but see, that's an age thing. Because mm-hmm. my guy was was Jimmy Connors, and he oh, was a lefty, sure. and I played tennis left hand and stuff like that. Did you really? Mm-hmm. Why? Because I that's how I'm ambidextrous. Play pickleball left handed and stuff like oh, that. Shit. But yeah, interesting. But yeah, um, like McEnroe, even back then, I saw his behavior is just. I mean, you you cannot justify him. I know he's one of those guys that kind of became the. It's like no, you were an absolute horse's ass every time you took to the court. Right. Well, and mm-hmm. wasn't by all accounts Connors a complete jackass as well yes but he didn't he was he not as d- demonstrative as mac yeah yeah I, jim connor's not a nice guy yeah i assume because it was 83 and there's just not the widespread sort of media 83. thing yeah yeah there and there may well not be video of it which is a good thing there's right. probably yeah. there might have been video of the match but nobody captured it and i yeah or they did they bitch. did the thing where they shut off the cameras like oh shit did. turn off the camera worth time yeah, hold on. Let's take a little break, and we'll uh, come back to that while Justin researches Dick Wertheim. Okay, we are back after digesting that very sad story about the tennis line linesman getting. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty uh, pretty major story that none of us had uh, had heard of, and you yeah. know, like we we talked about off air, you know, poor Stefan Edberg, despite doing absolutely nothing wrong, it's it's something that. You know, you, you kind of have to live with it. I feel really bad for him. Right. It reminds you of uh, Josh Hamilton throwing that ball yes. to the guy. Oh, yeah. Very, very similar. But but Josh Hamilton, despite that not being bad in whatever, there's a little more of a connection between I didn't have to, you know, well, you don't yeah. want to slam him, but you, right. know, you just, well, how you many know, Edward s- just hit a ball. He didn't even. Yeah. How but, many serves did they miss hit? Like a ton, what, like whatever. So. Well, it's, it's the guy that follows the ball off a rocket and then, uh, into the third baseline and it hits somebody and you feel like shit about it. Yeah, right. You know, yeah, kind of yeah, went exactly. to the, the next topic that, that we, 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 we took up. I mean, um, well, and uh, sorry, I'll just say, you remember, uh, you guys remember who Mike Coolball is? No. Mike Coolball was a third base coach for the Rockies, the minor league affiliate of the Rockies. He got killed. He was a third base coach. He got killed by a foul ball. It, it was a really? line drive. That's why oh, now yeah. you see first, first and third base coaches they have a helmet because yeah, of Mike right. Coolball, that's former right. Brewer, by the way. He had a cup of coffee with the Brewers, and that's okay. one so, of those things. So, so whether you need to make that change or not, but isn't that a perfect thing? We talked about that during the netting. Yes. What's the first thing that happened when this guy got killed? They put the rule into place. What, you can't ever see a coach getting hit? Because, oh, by the way, as a third base coach, especially you have your, if you have a runner on second, or you are really prone to being vulnerable. Yeah. So, so, you know. Yeah. All right. Let's go on to the people that we want to have a beer with. Mm -hmm. It's... All of history is open. Yeah, and to this. and 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 we've kind of broken it down into two. We've broken it down into all of world history and then just sports. And sports. I'm gonna start. We're gonna start with non-sports, and this is a little obscure, but I just I don't know. I kind of came up with it on the spur of the moment. I don't know if you guys have ever watched, or your wives had watched, or Justin, the girl you're with at the time, had <laughs> wanted to watch uh, Dancing with the Stars. My watch watches it, or my wife watches it. Constantly. She loves it. One's one of her favorite shows. I've seen maybe a total of 30 minutes of it as I'm running around the house doing whatever. There's a a, a judge on there. He's an Italian guy. His name is, I'm going to try to pronounce it right. It's Bruno Tonioni. I, he is the most flamboyant Italian dance person that you can imagine. If you could picture an Italian dance choreographer in your head, 
that's this guy. Okay. Now I don't like to sit there and, and watch him. It's a little, I, I don't care for the show, but this guy is over the top. He is one of the most positive people you could ever imagine. He just exudes, you guys are great, all this. I would love to sit down and have a beer with this guy simply because I think I would walk away feeling better about life. I think it would just be a positive, uplifting experience. Plus, the guy was like a choreographer for Elton John, Tina Turner, all the major like pop star, music stars of the, the 80s or whatever. So... It's, it's out there a little bit. I would love to sit down and just have, he'd probably have a white wine, wine of some some sort. I think you'd walk away just feeling mm-hmm. a little bit better about yourself afterwards. Yeah, That's it. Yeah. No, there, there, there's no right or wrong. I, I hadn't yeah. heard of the guy, but... And I had never heard about him until maybe three weeks ago when I started walking through the room and my wife was watching this. And like, this guy is really just out there, but just, I don't know, seems like a fun individual. So... Travis, you're not a sports person. Robert Oppenheimer. Oh, oh oh boy. Now, I said his name wrong because I was in the middle of a pour and was not expecting it. I said said Robert Oppenheimer. (laughs) So, so, yeah, so so of course, he's the the father of the atomic bomb, and um, we all know him for that. Here's why I would want to have a beer with him because he, of course, listen. At the end of the day, without him, the technology was was headed that way. So if it was not an American scientist, an American scientist team, or a, a, a Russian, or whoever, the atomic bomb was going to be created, just mm-hmm. probably not as quickly. But he, um, as he as the years went on, he lost a, a security clearance because of some of his political views, which, oh, by the way, he had the same views forever, but... You know, we needed to to get that bomb in quick. So here's to, to not get at all political or any views. I would love to to sit and have a beer with him and just ask him what he really feels about the power that he unleashed. And just tell me um, you knew that you were creating something and it was likely to be used on Japan Although nobody knew a timetable, would we have to invade the main island before the bomb? Tell me, how, how do you feel? These are questions that he, I don't think, ever necessarily had to answer specifically. But if you could get a, a truthful answer from Robert Oppenheimer um, about that. And, and, and maybe go back into a little bit of, you know, listen, was this as much a challenge from an engineering standpoint as it was a patriotic mission questions like that i have no idea what the answer would be yeah. but i would love to hear those answers from him well and it it, it reminds me of was it alfred nobel the guy who invented dynamite well, yeah. yeah and the, the nobel prize is named after him right. and you remember how that came about I don't know. So there was a, a false report that he had died, that Alfred Nobel had died. So they, they printed his obituary. And <laughs> he was described as this basically grim reaper. He invented TNT, and therefore oh. how many people have died because of it. Okay. So oh. he went, oh, shit, I don't want to be... That's how I'm That's what I'm remembered as. Yes. Right. So now does Oppenheimer look back in, as the grim reaper... Or the person who brought us nuclear energy and 
the benefits and, from and that. That's, and that's the part that I left yes. out. I actually scribbled as far as in, in nuclear nuclear benefits. Yeah. Too. It, it, I did not know that about Alfred yes, Nobel. Yes, that's where it came from. Interesting. That's, that's great. Um, yeah, we're learning something every oh, podcast. You, you, this is really cool. You, you, you do. And, and you'd have to ask Oppenheimer about his quote from the Hindu text, which I'm not going to try to pronounce. From Red October. I've, I am become death, the destroyer of worlds. Yeah. That's heavy shit, uh, which sort of gives you an insight into... Yeah. How he felt now, about his creation. Am I right creation. that that was a line in the movie? Yes, Red he October? did. Yep. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah. So because obviously with with Fuchs and a couple of names that I've forgotten, I mean, at the end of the day, there was a tremendous espionage component to the the, the Manhattan Project, which probably moved the, the Russians up three, four, several years. Sure. Um, but yeah, I would just love to. I mean, and what level do you talk to Robert? Oppenheimer on you, you you can't right so every, right. everything in this whole category is predicated on he would want to have a beer with you and he would answer honestly <laughs> and he would talk right. yeah. and, and almost probably 90 percent of our wishes would never come true sure but once you love to hear an honest answer from him on some of those questions oh absolutely mm-hmm. yeah that's a good one that's very uh thoughtful yeah Justin well, I, I had an Italian dance choreographer, so thanks for <laughs> bringing I'll, it down to something more. I'll settle uh, mine somewhere in between that. Mine's JFK. Being Great. a part Ooh. of a yes. political family, being a part of um, some of the major events in American history, just the <laughs> the aura that is him. Like he's he's this like the first American president rock star essentially, Absolutely. and and just to be able to sit down with him and and just have a conversation about everything that he dealt with in his presidency beforehand, what he felt about family and this political family, that empire that was built after that, or that kind of, you know, um, had the Kennedy name. I just, I think well, the, really, really they're cool. now a Royal family. It's a, I mean, it's a Royal family of American politics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is fantastic. Yeah. Cause I, and I, I think from very little that I know about JFK, I don't know much. I think you could probably sit down and have a beer with the guy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You, like, I, I think that oh, would be... I, I, I think so, totally. So let me ask you this, Hella. Would you like to have had a conversation with him one week prior to Dallas, or say he lived an old ripe age of, like, 90? <laughs> oh. Not knowing what he does from almost for sure re-election in 1964. It, it, he absolutely gets re-elected in 64. I, I... You know what? It would have been interesting to see what happened... What he would have done in those additional years, what what would have, what would have been different, what it would have been, what what he could have done in another four years. The 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 strength that he showed during the Cuban Missile Crisis. Yes. I don't think anybody can ever underestimate it because no, you literally. I mean, it was hair trigger stuff. It was, and it was it was it was amazing. Can I tell one story Please. about JFK? That's just I don't think I recovered. So, truth be told, I think Oswald acted alone. I'm probably one out of, I don't know what the percent is. Well, 66% at least in this room. (laughs) Um, I know who you're talking about. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't want to get into why. But the main reason is the exhaustive 1,800-page 
um, book cool. written by Bugliosi, who yeah. is the Helter Skelter prosecutor, and absolutely incredibly well done. He explains in detail every conspiracy thought and, and really, at the end of the day, um, his conclusion, and it would mine after listening to him. So anyway, here's where we go. So I'm in, <laughs> I'm in uh, Dallas with Denny and Troy in 2000, and oh, we were down there for the Packer game, 2013 or 14. And it was my second time actually down at Daly Plaza. Nope, take that back. It was my first time. Well, there's this guy. His last name is Groden. You guys, one of you guys can look it up right now, Groden, Daly Plaza. And I've forgotten his first name. It might be Michael. And he is a major conspiracy guy, right? And he sits there with a table, and he has been in these arguments with the city of Dallas for a really long time. Do you have it? G-R-O-G-R. Robert Groden. Yeah, what does it say about him? Uh, let's pull up Wikipedia. He is a conspiracy theorist with uh, the assassination. And it was a Robert. Did it's I hear Robert. That? Yeah. So anyway, so I go up and I'm looking around and I see Robert is uh, selling these videos, and he's got these two eighty-something blue hairs up talking to his table, and I was totally sober, didn't have a beer in me, and I read that book like two years before and i'm just like you know and come to find out he is named in that book but i didn't remember his name i was he was named in bulliosa's book as one of the freaks out there that's profiting off it and i went up to this groden guy so you really even believe what you're saying oh what what he said you, you confronted him you? on the street yeah i'm just... on the street he's up he's like he's up on the knoll yeah the grassy knoll that's where he is right yeah. and he's been in these battles with dallas as far as do you need a seller's permit and all this and he sued the whole world and he's so so i don't get into a big argument with me with him and i say you can just kiss my ass <laughs> so i tell him to kiss my ass and i walk up to troy and denny and i said you wouldn't believe it. i just told that guy to kiss my ass so that's my that's my Dallas. Uh, can can I add some information that do. includes or that uh, uh, solidifies your uh, story about this guy being a nutty? Yes, please. Uh, during the O.J. Simpson civil trial, Groden appeared as an expert witness and oh, testified no. that a 1993 photograph of Simpson wearing a Bruno Magali Bruno Mali shoes, yeah, Bruno yeah. Mali shoes, at an NFL football game was a forgery. Right, Even right. after 30 additional photos of a different photographer captured yeah. on the same day of Simpson wearing the same clothes and shoes surfaced, he still maintained that the original photograph was a forgery. Oh, yeah, he's out there. And for anyone, everybody can be their own judge on this. But really read the book, Reclaiming History. You can probably get it for a small amount of money. And if you really have these feelings, like I did, oh, by the way, before I read the book, I was like, of course there's more to it. Of course there's conspiracy. And But I'm like most people, I don't know who did it. Of course there's a conspiracy. It answers so many questions. Okay, I'm off my high horse. But, uh, it's, uh, but yeah, this Groden guy, whether or not there was a conspiracy with Kennedy or not, this guy is not a good guy to represent conspiracy <laughs> cause. I told him to kiss my ass, and oh, by the way, I did it from a distance of about 20 feet, so I had to say it pretty loud, so a lot of people heard it. And then I'm proud of myself, right? I'm like, I'm like look at yeah. him. Hey, did you hear what I told that guy? And they're like, who is this guy? And, I don't. and so then I try to start talking about why... I believe that Oswald acted alone and oh, they didn't boy. care. And before you know, we're drinking beer in Dallas, two blocks away from the school book depository. And oh, we kind of lost track of it. So there well, you go. I'm, I'm sure he, he 
changed his beliefs and got on the on the. Oh, yeah, after. Yeah, because he'd never been argued with before, right? <laughs> right. I might have been the only guy that had told him to kiss his ass. <laughs> Oh God! All right, uh, let's go and do my people from sports that I from sports that I want to have Dang. a beer with. Uh, mine's Herb Brooks, and and I and I have to credit my wife with this one because I was thinking about this earlier. She's That's like, really good. Yeah, she's like, what about the the coach from Miracle, the real life Herb Brooks? That's like, good. Ooh, what what a great one, right? And as yeah. she put it, not even from like the the like the the winning game against the Soviets, just that that Olympic experience and all that, which would be great in and of itself. But then you combine right. the the win against the Soviets and just to like get his, did he really think that they were going to win? Because there's as, your question right there. As a coach. Or, or did he think they could, not they were going to. Right. Because you could, because those are two different things. Right. Because as a coach, you have to exude confidence. And yes, we will win in his heart of hearts. Did he think they could win? I want to know that honest answer. Oh, that's so good. I, I think that'd be great. So, and just just that's and that and that's just so perfect to our to our topic because, like, like I said a few minutes ago, you're never gonna get these answers, and understandably so. There's a difference right. between being honest and just not revealing information you shouldn't reveal or yeah. can't reveal. Yeah. But what what is the honest gut thought of? Because you 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 would yeah. think he like in an honest moment he would say yeah. I didn't think we had a chance I think if we would have been within yeah. four goals I would have considered how about a, a how about win. the coaches at Appalachian State when they went and beat Michigan a hundred years ago and, or, and, when I say a hundred I mean yeah. ten plus years ago it's like okay did you really and and how many coaches you just get, don't want to get beat by forty right and how many yeah. coaches how many underdogs walk in saying we're gonna shock the world today and then they go on thinking let's just keep it within four touchdowns that's right you know. Because this I, is this is a payday for our program, and of course, and Olympics are different because they're not. Well, and and I think most of them just yeah. want they just want to walk out saying, "Hey, you know what? Yeah. Ohio State knew they were in a fight today. That's it. Yeah. That's a win. To think you're going to win the we actual them game. In the and we got a bunch of we yeah. got a bunch of guys. We're twenty pounds lighter on both offensive defensive line. We're two tenths of a second slower for right. every receiver. And but we're going to go out and do it. And, yeah. Because then you go back to your mid major and you play Toledo the next week and you think we hung with Wisconsin, we hung with Michigan. We're going to pummel Toledo because that's a boost in and of itself. Even if you lost the game. So was right. Herb Brooks really thinking no? We have them. We have their number. We're gonna win it. Or is he thinking? I I I, I love that because you you have the nation behind you, but it's different because your expectations were about zero. So you went in there and you want to talk about playing with house money. Well, and, that is one of those. Right. You keep it close, and you're going to be a superstar. And, 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 it's, you, and it's not even like a, like a pool game. I don't know what they call them. Yeah, you know, they, the, the playing games like they had momentum and they were winning. It's like, oh shit, maybe we have something here. So did he? And, and so so did the Russians start gripping a little bit? Of course, How about they that? did. How about an interview with some of those players? You know, was fifty it, years later, forty years later. Sure. Was it? Just, it did you guys? Yet? Did you guys? You know, could you? Win? Should you still? But. Yeah, was it did tr- you did you start short arming shit? And I sure, well, and and you know, you take from the the movie what you want, Miracle. You, you know, when when he's looking over, was it Trediak the coach or was Trediak the goalie? I don't remember. I don't but know. when when he's like, he doesn't know what to do. He does like they've never been in a close game. The Soviets weren't in those close games. Doesn't like, that say some about being challenged though too? And I will just transition to to the NCAA real quick. You see these 
teams, whether they're two and fifteens or even one and sixteens, and they get challenged early, or more accurately, usually in the second round, right? Mm-hmm. And these teams that are pre-tournament favorites to be in the final four, and they get that challenge, and maybe they came back from three points down early in the second half, and they end up winning by twelve. But Jesus, they were down, right? Yeah. It's the what does that mean? The mental of never having been challenged and until you've been challenged what do you have right and the reality is i don't think there's anybody in the world that says that the united states hockey team had more talent than the russians as a matter of fact it was clearly not right right so what was it i mean it's just i think it as much as it had to do with the americans my guess is it a whole lot had to do with the mentality of the Russians who just, sure. oh, my God. Well, and then it's it's the pucker factor of being in a one-off pucker tournament. Pucker factor, that's what it is. You don't... Of a one-off tournament. If you one-off. get behind in an international friendly or whatever they played in hockey or the pool games or whatever, it's like, well, you know, fine, we'll regroup tomorrow. Like, all of a sudden, oh, shit, now we have a quarter, a, a quarter and a half or a period and a half shit <laughs> there's your oh shit moment i guess is the the coach or the players of the soviet team in the second period going oh <laughs> that's so good yeah? yeah justin who are you gonna have a beer with from sports travis do yours i, I yeah. can yeah do oh, yours because oh, i gotta I'm go sorry, I, I, into, uh, sorry. Yeah. yes My charles mistake. barkley and there's a tr- yes yes yes. There's a trillion a pass you can take with Charles. And I, love it. I will tell you that for a short period of time, when I was a little bit younger, I believed the media that Charles was a jerk because he said some bad things about you know some international foes or whatever. <laughs> Charles is gold. So this is um, in in, in oh, you know the essence one. of time. I'm gonna love just it. I'm just gonna cover some of his quotes. Quotes only. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Eddie Johnson. Charles, did you graduate from Auburn? Charles, no, but I have a couple people working for me who did. (laughs) Yes! If you go out with a girl and they say she has a great personality, she's ugly. And they tell you a guy works hard, he can't play a lick. Same thing. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Charles Barkley seen a picture of Sam Cassell on the screen. Phone home. <laughs> and later he says Sam Cassell's a good guy, but he's not going to wind up in the cover of GQ anytime soon. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'd never buy my girl a watch. She's already got a clock over the stove. Oh, what? These are verified quotes. I double-checked them on double sources. Holy balls. We'd kill these little girly teams they've got today. Come on, the Miami Heat, the best team today in 2014, they make Roy Hibbert look like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. <laughs> On the Trailblazers, back when they were known as the Jailblazers, oh. serving Thanksgiving meals. In between arrests, they do community service. <laughs> when I was recruited at Auburn... They took me to a strip joint. When I saw those titties on Buffy, I knew that Auburn met my academic requirements. <laughs> on Jerry Krause still being able to keep his job as GM of the Bulls. Jerry Krause must have pictures of a, his boss's wife having sex with a monkey. <laughs> After throwing a guy through a first floor window in a bar, Charles was in front of the judge when asked 
or stated, your sanctions are community service and a fine. Do you have any regrets? Charles, yeah, I regret we weren't on a higher floor. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> Finally, after an Olympic Dream Team victory over Angola, which they won 116-48, to 48, Charles got into a physical altercation with a member of Angola towards the end of the game. Afterwards, he said, somebody hits me, I'm going to hit him back. Even if, even if it does look like he hasn't eaten in a couple weeks. I thought he was going to pull a spear on me. These are verified quotes of Charles Barkley. And of course, like the spear and all that, because you know, Charles can do that because he's black. But yeah. That, that, that's just saying that. But he, dude, these are all statements from him. And I have... I had always loved watching Charles on the NBA because he was the most genuine... Um, just just from an announcer standpoint, but Charles was, they list him at 6'5". He was more like 6'4", maybe 6'4 half. The round mound of rebound, what they called him. And he was my generation. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I didn't like him because of where he played. And I was a Bucks fan, but I'm a huge fan of Charles Barkley. And I've got a friend of mine named Brian who played some kind of beer basketball with him at a bar in Milwaukee. He tells no the story. We can probably wow. call him afterward. It's... Yeah, my friend Brian Kellett, and he claims that Charles Barkley lost a bet because he made more free throws than he did. Another story for another day, but he was Sixers, you know, Brewer, or Bucks. But, yeah, I love this guy. He is one of the true neat people in well, sports. He's the epitome of a guy whose fuck bucket is completely empty. It's empty. It's, and there's, yeah. a, and there's, and a hole, there's a hole in the bottom. It will never fill. It will never, it will never fill. fill. And, and, and maybe he, he seems like Teflon. Like no matter what he says, you just chalk it up as well. Charles, yeah, Charles, 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 Charles. Thing, right? But right. these are but these are all quotes, and these are just a sample. Oh, by the way, many, many more. I, I just picked some, and not necessarily. Well, and, take and, take but that the, but, Angola quote and put it on Chris Mullins. Can't do it. You can't. Yeah. Do it. <laughs> no. Like, can you imagine? And, and I think that was maybe ninety six ish or ninety two ish probably. So we're coming up on thirty years team, where it? he was able to do it. Yeah. But he didn't just say. I mean, he threw it all in there. Basically, a starving African with a spear. Jesus, Charles. I mean, it shows you. Larry Bird can't say that. We know no, that. Right. <laughs> Jesus. I knew. I knew oh. it was a, the team that nobody wanted Isaiah. And I can see why Isaiah won't fit because you had oh, people like yeah. Charles and Michael and Jesus. Isn't that isn't that just crazy? That's, so so there's there's a hundred reasons to appreciate Charles Barkley. These are his quotes, but they really are a microcosm of the whole Charles. It, it is, mm-hmm. and it, well, it, it's funny because now in the culture that we live in, where people deep dive into Twitter. Yeah. Well, like Josh Hader gets destroyed for tweets that he made as a 16-year-old. And what, 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 what in here did he say that is just overly... God damn, there's nothing here. And I wish that would go both ways, right? Right. You know, so. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's... There you go. <laughs> Justin. Uh, oof. So my, my sports figure also leads into my historical event that I want to uh, uh, witness. Yep. Okay. So... My uh, my sports figure uh, is uh, Packer great Max McGee, with my historical event being Super Bowl One. Yes. Oh, so yes. so in 
Fuck off, Josh. <laughs> what are you like? This is going to be great. So in 1967, Max McGee, I don't remember his age, but he was aging at the time. He was looking forward to retirement. He had <laughs> caught four passes the entire season prior to Super Bowl one. So the chances of him playing in that Super Bowl game were slim. So despite a curfew on the team, uh, he took two flight attendants that were a part of his flight to Los Angeles out on the town. Max McGee. Hey, look, I'm a football player. Come out with me. I'm Max McGee. Did he say, is that what he said? No, but that's just what I'm anticipating that he said. Because I can see that quote. Absolutely. So he took those two girls out on the town, and he returned to his hotel room at 6.30 a.m. Of course he did. The morning of the Super Bowl. Uh, from, uh, from what I was reading, he did not want to look Bart Starr in the eye when he walked into the hotel room. He avoided anybody of consequences as much as possible. So he got, uh, when he got to the game that day, he told <laughs> fellow wide receiver Boyd Dowler Don't get hurt. that he was in pretty bad shape <laughs> and that he hoped Dowler would play the entire game. <laughs> Dowler was injured on the second drive. <laughs> uh, well, Coach, again, there's your oh shit moment. Oh, there's an oh shit moment there. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Coach Lombardi then called for McGee to get into the game. Uh, having been so hungover from his night before, he had forgotten his helmet at the hotel room. So he didn't have his helmet. So he had to borrow his helmet or a helmet from somebody else to get in the I game. I had heard that part of it. Yep. Yeah. Not only uh, did he uh, start playing, but just a few plays into the game, uh, Bart Starr threw him the ball, and he made this that one-handed the catch. Yep, the reach-back, yeah. one-handed catch, and runs for 37 yards into the end zone, scoring the first touchdown in Super Bowl history. He went on to catch seven passes for 138 yards and two touchdowns. And um, his hangover was one of the top, what does it say? One of the top Super Bowl performances by a wide receiver ever. It's amazing. So what time was the game? Do we know? Because I think you could legitimately say he had something in the system probably. Oh, Maybe. absolutely. If it, it say he yeah. stopped drinking at right. four or five. Did he, you know? Oh, there's no way he's like passing up zero zero at yeah. that point, right? Oh my god! I'll look, and, I'll look up start time here, but because I bet they started it a little bit earlier years ago than they they, they do now for TV pur- they for kick, TV purposes. They kicked off at uh, four fifteen Eastern. Okay, three, oh, yeah. So, so it was still, it was, there you go. So so so, that, so that's even better. So the well, odds of him, he was probably. But even at that point, like that's the time when you want to nap. When you're like really hungover, you wake up still drunk at about four I mean, o'clock. You need it, a nap. Does it, was, just, does it just fit Wisconsin per- perfectly? Does it, it was, just fit um, the Packers perfectly? Literally, him right. walking, stumbling back into the hotel. He was playing. He was going to be on the field playing a Super Bowl game twelve hours later. Amazing. Twelve hours later, and then so I so Max McGee, I would I would want to sit down and talk to him about a 
the two flight attendants that he was able to follow up on that. How that turned out. <laughs> we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll talk to him about that and and uh, you know his what what were his uh, what were his moves you know but just <laughs> how, what, how about on a Green Bay Packer wide receiver? Oh yeah, yeah. Just, just but you know what? Back in that day, Green Bay Packer wide receiver a, a wide receiver was not an integral part of the game. That sure was wasn't. a run heavy type of league at the time so you could be a wide receiver and people like you're not the quarterback it doesn't matter you're not the running back it doesn't matter that i just i i want to sit down and chat with him about that whole experience well and he parlayed that into his announcing career right i mean he was the the color guy like he would not have been the color guy for the packers without that you know you know what he had a solid career before that so maybe he's got enough personality to be able to do that you said he was on the tail end of his career yeah this was like aging this was like this was max mcgee um you know rob gronkowski at age 38 i got you okay so You know, this was the end of his career. He had a decent career prior to that, and Jesus. and there you go. He's hungover as well, hell and needs to borrow somebody else's helmet to play in the Super Bowl. I guess that gives me hope that I should probably be hungover for every major event of my life because well, you're yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, clearly he performed at his best, and therefore I could perform at my best. Because however, Josh, did you uh, prior to that big event go home with two? <laughs> no <laughs> so there's there's that to look at too yeah that mm. yeah all right maybe, maybe just stay on course yeah <laughs> stay sober not gonna happen uh i didn't say sober i just oh, said stay, stay on the course. course gotcha uh so that's your historical event is watching super, super bowl, bowl one. one yeah yep that'd be a good one travis a historical event that you want to yeah witness? Uh, dramatically um different but the Nuremberg Trials, but a very Ooh. specific part of it. Hmm. Sounds depressing. It will be. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Ten of the um, defendants were sentenced to death, to include Hermann Göring, who, of course, committed suicide. But um, October 1946, they were sentenced. And I would want to be in a lawn chair, drinking beer, watching them come back from the courtroom, knowing that their fate had been sealed. I'm a person who does not, I'm not into, you know, the, the, the incredible retribution, eye for an eye, necessarily just straight up. Um, my views on capital punishment might even surprise you, but Nazi Germany was 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 just, it, it, it crossed all boundaries, right? So to, to, to be... To be in the same room and watch these people who had ruined so many millions and millions of lives know at the end of the day they probably knew it ahead of time. Maybe they, some of them held out some hope. But to see them come back and know that they had just been sentenced to death and that this death penalty was going to be carried out, I would, um, and I want to say that not from any kind of a gruesome, you know, whatever, because I, I really am the opposite of that. Mm-hmm. But these I would I would like to watch them and I would like to enjoy them squirming and and the Grim Reaper coming. So that's that's mine. There, there's a very macabre satisfaction from being able to reach into that cooler and crack that beer and say, well, yeah, enjoy your and, trip. And, and that was that was part of it with with with, with what we'd kind of outline with with sitting in a lawn chair because everything is significant, right? So yeah. say you had something, people. What do I represent? 
sitting and drinking beer. Well, I have the freedom to be free and to drink a beer, and I'm going to be alive two weeks from now, and maybe you aren't. Um, these are things that are just, um, and I and I save that for just I would because it was Nazi Germany, right? And right. Mm-hmm. Of, of course, with Nazi Germany, such a huge, huge percentage a were killed for other reasons. They committed suicide. You 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 name them, going up and down the list, right? But you know, you still did have. Is you know some significant war criminals that that deserved it, and and Nuremberg, of course, you know, with like Albert Speer, he got twenty years, and there were some acquittals, and mm-hmm. Hess got life imprisonment, whatever. So not everybody was killed. I don't know if you remember the Churchill stuff, where he said just line them up and shoot them. That was that's how he wanted to handle every Nazi war criminal, and then they they kind of said, no, listen, we we can't. <laughs> well, can't I mean, that, if yeah. you want to to do this, we 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 have to. If if you want some credibility with how we're approaching this um just so that that's mine i mean you you could talk for thousands of hours about nuremberg and i know like one half one percent of it but i but i do know that um it it was unprecedented in 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 world history to actually have war crimes and what they were tried for and that was if you watch hermann Goering when he in the beginning of the movie get um uh, nuremberg or whatever the fuck they called it um he he just really couldn't believe this because it was the okay you won so you're making all these new rules because I used to would have been treated as you know a Reichsmarshal but yeah. you're <laughs> you want to yeah well execute a, Reichs, me? a Reichsmarshal mm-hmm. so, didn't do what you did either that, that so. that's right. right but those were those were the things and that was I would I would I I just really think I would relish seeing these really really horrible human beings know that they're gonna die I just I think I would like that no that's good and and. Yeah. In, in the in the culture that we live in now where you know you have to be so gentle about absolutely everything and you, mm-hmm. the one thing that's sort of that doesn't have limits is when you talk about Nazis you can yes it, yes 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 yes, yes. And, 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 and and if you don't think so go to go to the Holocaust Museum in new in, in Washington I've been there twice and whatever and once when my daughter was like nine or ten and yeah, like you, you shouldn't have to go there, right? But and I'm I'm talking over you, but I have such unbelievable strong feelings as I think everybody does, and I'm not alone. But you really have to understand that this happened from the 30s through 40s. I mean, there are, there are survivors, as yeah. we speak, who are children of liberated concentration camps, and you know, every day we we lose a few more of those. But Nazi Germany cannot and should not be forgotten and I, and I think that you know yes yeah no you're good that's that's a good one because I I think just the 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 gleeful um ability to again crack that yep. beer put your feet up and go see ya see ya exactly I think would be great yep all right very good let's move on well now a historical event that i want to witness i'm going a little bit way back i want to see the building of the great pyramids of of egypt that is fantastic yeah now granted it's not something you can just sit and drink a cooler beer because it probably went on for years or whatever a couple hours yeah now and I, I've read enough. Like the average <laughs> Wisconsin drinker. Yeah. <laughs> they dedicate 30 years to this. Oh, yeah. How many beers would, that, would, would Denny Jensen drink during the pyramids? Well. Coach, um, can we get a number here? Yeah. Hold on. Uh, what was, it was 1890 that he drank in one year? Yeah. Okay. No, 19. 
1930. No, was it? No, 20, 20, because we talked about the year. It was 1920. 1920. So in if they... How many beers during like 30 years could Denny sit and watch the pyramids being built? It was 30 years for sure that the... No, I mean... No, no, no. We're just using that as... Just say 30 years times 1920. You're looking at 57,600 beers. Oh, perfect. So pretty much what we... He might have to update the chair once, but that's all. (laughs) But eight million three hundred and fifty-two calories. Again, <laughs> not unreasonable. No, but I I, I want to see them being built simply because. Well, there's a, a few reasons. There's I've, speculation I've, as to how. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. They don't know exactly how they were built, and there's so many theories. And you know, like, oh, they did it with slaves. There was no slaves. Well, it was a it was a tomb. Yeah, but there was no inscriptions in the pyramids and. Every Egyptian tomb had inscriptions. Like, what's exactly going you, um, on there? Do you, do you have Do you have an opinion? Yes, Josh, yes. throw it at me. Mm, I don't. It's very tinfoil hatty. Okay. I, I I personally believe that Atlantis was a real place. I don't know where it was, but it was a an ancient civilization that was destroyed by some sort of calamity. The people from Atlantis, or whatever you want to call it, brought learning and certain knowledge to other places and that is what started the pyramids there is no inscriptions in the pyramids whatsoever not one there are tons of inscriptions in every single egyptian tomb they the walls are covered with them the pyramids have none inside of them okay there is something different about the pyramids. The pyramids themselves, the three pyramids, line up exactly with the alignment of Orion's belt. The the um, constellation Orion, the three stars on his belt line up perfectly with the Great Pyramids. Something else is going on other than just we're going to build massive tombs. Something's going on there. I want to know what it, what it was. Thoughts That's- on that, Coach? I'm just absorbing it. <laughs> I took it in too because I, I, I know nothing about it, and mm-hmm. I'm taking it in. But I, I think I'm like everybody else, where you, you do wonder. Yep, that's it. How, how so, do they do it? so the Great Sphinx, Sphinx, has got weathering marks that are indicative of rain, mm-hmm. which they didn't have during the time it was supposed to be built. The mm-hmm. head of the Great Sphinx is way smaller than the body meaning that it probably was not a human head at one point. It was a lion head. The alignment of the of the solar system indicates that there was a time when the constellation Leo would have risen where the Sphinx is looking at. That is about 10,000 years prior to when the Sphinx was supposed to be built, which would make sense. Something I think is going on. I don't know what it is, but I want to know what the hell was going on at that well, time. What a, you know, I, yes. Sorry, I'm deep delving into something, but whatever. <laughs> huh? I, I want to see. Good. I want to see who's building them. I want to see why, mm-hmm. and I think it'd be great to kick back with a logger while they're doing it. I would. I would go with an IPA. I would have been with a shandy, probably. It's hot. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> It is a desert after all. I mean, <laughs> would they have a canoe paddle there? <laughs> oh, God. All right, moving on. We've covered that. We've covered this. How about a douche of the week? Can I start with the douche of the week? Please. Mine's pretty, mine's pretty weak. Okay. Here. But 
Uh, my douche of the week, uh, SC Freiburg, for losing to the worst team in the <laughs> Bundesliga one. Uh, you made me wake up this morning early after... Early, 8.30. A- after my <laughs> evening last night. You made me wake up early to watch you, and you decided to give up a hat trick in the first half and really never recover. You scored a goal... It was fine. It was, uh, I, if I'm going to wake up early on a Sunday morning, I want to be entertained. And I figured that it was going to happen with a winless team, with a coach who had never won a game in the Bundesliga before. And then you have to go ahead and do that. So SC Freiburg. You are my douche of the week. Doesn't it suck when you just embrace a team and you find out like, oh shit, I hitch I hitched my wagon you to know, the wrong horse on this one. So so this is funny <laughs> That's because why I picked the team I picked. This is funny because we uh we started this whole like following the Bundesliga thing yeah. seriously after their first week. Right. Uh SC Freiburg has won one game this year, and that happened in the first <laughs> week against Travis's Stuttgart. I have not seen my team win a game yet. They've tied and they've lost. I have not seen SC Freiburg for the last two and a half months win a game. Yeah, well, Justin, this is what it feels like to be a Bear fan. So, oh God, how how have you not just quit? I'm close. I'm close. Travis, Pete Rose. Oh, mm. good. Yeah, trying to sense some reactions here. Yeah. Okay, Pete Rose. So. Okay. Here's, a, here's an early quote from Pete, February of 1989, when the story broke. You can read anything you want into it, but I don't see anything bad. There's so much to, to, to Pete Rose and with a lot of these people that you just, you know, scratching the surface doesn't do it justice, right? But Pete wasn't a good guy, and Pete was not well-liked by, by, by teammates. Pete had, um, you know, his numbers speak for themselves. Duh, right. <laughs> but, but, but Pete started to gamble on baseball before he became a manager and after he became a manager. And he, um, amongst other things, hooked up with this guy, Thomas Gugliosa. He was one of his big bookies. He bet eight thousand to sixteen hundred thousand um, dollars daily, and this whoa, was whoa, part whoa. of. Say that number again. Eight thousand sixteen thousand dollar daily. That daily? was nineteen eighty seven. That was Pete Rose's daily betting. That's right. Oh my God. So, uh, G I O I O S A. So here's here's you know this is just one small part of it, but you know. When you've got a guy betting on baseball, of course, the the dark side comes in. And this guy that was obviously close to Pete on some level, even if Pete denied the gambling, he, he was an acquaintance. Uh, Gugliosa is indicted on federal court in Cincinnati on charges of one count of conspiracy to distribute cocaine, two counts of tax evasion, et cetera. This is his, this is his, his peer group. Um, denied it. Pete denied everything from 1989 through 2004. Take that back, 2003. Charles Gibson, he admitted that his gambling activities, da 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 da, basically, I've been lying for 
13 or 14 years. And then he releases a book, you know, like a month later. Oh. Right. That's the timing. My Prison Without Bars. That. Now, here is what really upset a big part of the baseball world to include Joe Morgan, who was in support of Pete, obviously someone who, uh, a teammate, and someone who supported him eventually getting to the Hall of Fame. This one paragraph says a lot. Rose's book, My Prison Without Bars. It overshadows the election of Dennis Eckersley and Paul Molitor to the Baseball Hall of Fame drawing the ire of C-League and several of Rose's staunchest backers who had been trying to broker a deal, a deal with C-League to get him reinstated and once reinstated the hall. Wrote Morgan on ESPN.com, quote, I haven't seen a genuine apology from Pete yet. Writing a book is the easy way out, plus you profit from it. Now, I will say in, 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 in just full disclosure, Joe, um, in between t- 2004 and now, has said that Pete has, you know, a mea culpa has changed to some degree. I don't buy it, but he, he has said that. So um, Pete um, has every year or almost every year gone to Cooperstown and set up a table for autographs. <laughs> yep. mm-hmm. um, you can take that one in several ways. He needs the money. I get that. You can also... If you're the people who make decisions as to whether or not you're ever going to get into the hall, is that the right way to approach it? I don't know what his current financial situation is. Um, There's so much here, but there is someone who wrote an article, um, and I'll summarize this, that said that um, Pete did indeed bet on Reds games. Well, Pete ultimately admitted that he bet on Reds game very late, but there were also games that he did not bet on. He did not bet for the Reds, but you could extrapolate saying that because Pete did not bet on him, that was sending a signal. And this guy did a lot of research on four games in 1987. He bet on the Reds in just about every game, but in four games, he did not bet on the Reds. And in every one of those games, there was the number four man in the rotation was pitching. And three of the four games, a reliever named Bill Schreier, S-C-H-E-R-R-R, was the relief guy. And this guy, um, in the, in the uh, thoughtfulness of time here, you can't go into the details, but it was a message. And there are people that believe that by Pete not betting for the Reds, he was betting you know, right. against them. It's murky, and you don't need to know whether Pete did that or not. He doesn't need to be convicted of this. But um, Pete's an icky feeling guy. Um, he was also known um, on the road, even before the gambling allegations, to have a woman in every port, in every um, in every city. Things that don't come up. Why? Because well, there's so much out there. He's I, I listen to him talk, and he's a hard guy to get with. Right? He's mm-hmm. he's just a he, he's 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 an he's an he's an icky dude, and. Um, I know that he's had these mea culpas. He's had these quote-unquote apologies. I don't buy them. And I think that 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 if you are going to be on the outside looking in as a Barry Bonds or Roger Clemens, an ex-ex player, whoever follows him, you know, to include potentially uh, Jose Altuve and Bregman and all these people, <laughs> um, listen, um, Pete, apples and oranges, but yeah, but 
one apple is really, really awful and the orange is really, really awful. So that's, that's recognize what you did was, was, yeah, you probably should be out. So I, I that's, that's my opinion. I think he's a douche and always has been. The only apology that Pete has ever made is when he's been backed into it. Right. He's, he's never, never come out. He's never come out and owned anything. It's only when the overwhelming evidence is Remember against Jim him. Gray at that one game said, Pete, this is the time. And Jim Gray shouldn't have done it when he did it because that's no time to call yeah. someone out. But it was, no, he he was absolutely defiant until, okay, I kind of have to for my own good. Right. You know, if, if Pete had come out in 1992 or three on his own mm-hmm. and just said, you know what, I lied initially. Here's why I lied and yep. list it and just say, you know, whether for my family, for whatever, for financial, most people are like, okay, I get that, I get that, I get that. I haven't yep. been perfect in my life either. And then you you do everything you can to rehabilitate yourself, but but he didn't. And, no. and that's why. And yes, I do think a, 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 a ban, and I'll read this, this quote. It's straight here. out of the baseball rule book. If you gamble on sports, you can't get okay, in the Hall of well, Fame. That is a wonderful segue, Josh, because... February 21st, 1989, Rose and two of his lawyers, Katz and Pitcairn, hmm. met in New York with baseball commissioner Peter Ubroth, Bart Giamonte and other officials, and executive VP Edwin Durso. Uh, nope, take that back. I apologize. I had already read that, but this is the key. The seriousness of these allegations is that baseball has a regulation posted in every major league clubhouse that players, coaches, and managers are prohibited from betting and, quote, anyone found guilty is subject to a lifetime ban. Now, right. is this one of these things, the, 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 the fine print? You knew. You did not need to read the minutia of any rule to know right. that this was a really, really, really bad thing. Right. And the- he knowingly did it, and he knew that the penalty was being kicked out of baseball. And he denied what? it for the longest time. And, he denied and, it. And you do not take responsibility. Maybe in our jobs we have seen judges that recognize people who take responsibility in wrongdoing, and that plays positive or negative depending on what happens. And Pete failed every single one of those. Now he's getting to an age where, you know, the reality is he probably feels again Grim Reaper here. And, and listen. When, when, when Pete's argument boils down to, Pretty please, right? No, no. Uh-uh. There's no. You don't have. No. You have nothing. And no. yeah, you're so, right. So that's my guy. I'd like to make a motion. Oh. <laughs> I'd like no. to make a motion of uh, adding Pete Rose to the douchebag Hall of Fame. I would like to second and third it. Uh, I'm all in a, favor. All in favor. Aye. Aye. Any opposed? Perfect. Uh, Pete Rose becomes the sixth member of our Douchebag Hall of Fame. Really? Name them. Rundown. Alex Rodriguez. Mm. Manny Machado. Grayson Allen. Oh, yeah. Lance Armstrong. God. And Lawrence Levy, the Marlins man. <laughs> <laughs> and now the new... Levy, really? Deserving of that. And now our new... Think about that. And now our newest member, Pete Rose. (laughs) 
Mussolini. All he's done has been a douche in a game. He hasn't broken any laws. Sorry, Larry. It's, uh... <laughs> nope. Nope. It was voted on at the time. We thought it was worthy. You're in the douchebag Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> well, the council has spoken. Council has spoken. <laughs> Pete Rose, welcome. We'll send you your piss-soaked jersey later, <laughs> along with Lawrence Levy. <laughs> oh, Lawrence Levy. <laughs> yep. 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 Who? Uh, who? <laughs> Was that during Six Point Eight Adventure that we inducted him? No, I don't think so. Didn't I bring up Lawrence Levy in the last episode? I'm not sure. I don't know either, I but don't know either. obviously he was well, uh, he, atrocious he, war criminal. He truly drew our ire. <laughs> that son of a bitch. I want to address this a little more after I was, I was taking a pee. As much as I dislike Lawrence Levy, I'm not, I'm not so sure he should be in the, not in the, the Hall, Hall of Fame. fame. I, I, and I know I well, voted for him. Well, and I, I know that. But if they. Maybe. maybe what, what do you call that when, you're, when you get carried away in the. Um, Oh come on! What the the rising tide? Uh, the well, I'm, I'm I'm trying to think of something. Well, where you, Travis, kind you, of mob, mob mentality. Mob mentality. That, that's where uh, I'm going with that. Ne- next time you have a full baseball stadium and a playoff game, a high leverage playoff game, and you see that guy behind home plate, think about it. Then you yeah, tell you me that he doesn't belong. He, he, he belongs as a douchebag Hall of Fame. <laughs> All right, hundred percent. Yeah, I you guess. you and, told and, him. And, 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 no, and and maybe maybe so because I probably recommended him for the Hall, but. Uh, <laughs> There was who, a story well, the, the, the story who behind it. Mar- who brought him up? I did. Um, okay. And I think the reason he got brought into the Hall of Fame was with his um, blackmailing of blackmailing with quotes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it was. Lower, he wanted yep. lower ticket prices because they yep. traded all their stars. Yep. <laughs> so, <Danny>? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Danny, I'm having one of your beers. Okay. So, I'm, yeah, okay. I'm going well, go to I'm gonna go to my douche of the week. Yes. Um, now... I, I don't know if you guys will know this name or not. My douche of the week is Aubrey Huff. Ooh. Yes. Yep. But okay. Well, I'm, okay. I'm going to need a hint. Okay. Aubrey Huff used to be a first baseman. He played for, I believe, six major league teams. He's, he made his name with the, the Rays. Rays. Yep. And then went on to win, I think, two World Series titles with the, the Giants. Mm-hmm. Um, he played for a number of teams after that. I think the White Sox and and and, and a couple different teams. I know where Aub- you're going with this. Yeah. Aubrey Huff is now... I guess infamous is, is the right word for his Twitter feed. He is the epitome of toxic masculinity. So Aubrey Huff is extremely um, homophobic, transphobic, as bad as you can possibly get. Um, the he, he was so bad on Twitter and so toxic that the Giants had a reunion. Um, of I think the 2013, 2013 World Series title, they told Aubrey Huff, "Stay at home. No way. You're not invited." Yeah, um, because he is very hateful, very hateful on okay. Twitter. Regardless of what your feelings are about those topics, Aubrey Huff was bad enough where they said, "Thank you, no thank you. You're not welcome." The Giants, I believe, were the first team to hire a full-time female coach, uh, possibly a hitting coach, something along those lines, which set Mr. Mr. Huff off on Twitter to say that I would never 
take hitting advice from a woman because they don't know hitting. And he just exponentially went off from there. He is an ugly person. And it all stems back from when he got divorced. <laughs> Shocking. Not a couple years ago. That sort of set him off. What's, what's he doing now? That's all he does is just tweet. Okay. That's what he does. Did he did he make enough over the years to kind of be able to just I, I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, he played probably over a dozen years in How the major he? leagues. He's doing fine. I He's probably in his early 40s. He's 43. Though. Yeah. All right. So, no, good pick. He's made, yeah. He, he's made plenty in his, in his major league career. But if the, you are that toxic, I, and I believe at one point his Twitter banner actually said toxic masculinity. So when you lean into it that much, and Justin, you talked about it um, the last time with the hiring of the female GM, GM of the Marlins. Yep. Good God, sir. If you're not even playing and you feel the need to call out your former team for hiring a female coach because you don't think that she can offer you anything because simply she's a woman, mm-hmm. that needs to go away. You need to go away. You're my douche of the week. The Giants said he has made multiple comments on social media that are unacceptable and run counter to the values of the organization. To include... Well, and again, he played in San Francisco, mind you. Yes. One, if it wasn't for me, they wouldn't be having a reunion, he told The Athletic. Oh. Uh-huh. But if they oh, want wow. to stick to their politically correct, progressive bullshit, that's fine. One of the uh, posts that he made in November was he tweeted a picture of a gun range with the caption, getting my go- getting my boys trained up on how to use a gun in the unlikely event that Bernie Sanders beats Donald Trump in the 2020 election. After the tweet about guns, uh, he was te- he said he was teaching uh, his kids to shoot responsibly, and he didn't um, make any sort of political opinion, and he didn't want to threaten anybody's life. In January, Huff tweeted about taking a flight to Iran to, quote, yes. kidnap about 10 women to, quote, bring them back here as they fan us and feed us grapes, amongst other things. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Jesus. I would like to make a motion. <laughs> I don't see how he can't make it. I, Lauren Levy can't be in and he's not. Aubrey Huff for our douchebag Hall of Fame. Oh, clearly, yes. I second. Yes. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? If there were any opposed, I would tell you to fuck yourself. <laughs> Aubrey Huff. And this would be the first time in our history that we've inducted multiple people into the Douchebag Hall of Fame in one week. Yeah. I think, Aubrey I Huff, think we have to be, welcome. you know, moving forward, certainly very selective. And maybe we'll even become more selective over time because when you start with zero, right? You, 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 you have, there are just yeah. people this like is, waiting, they're pounding on the door to be let in. Yeah. This is This is like the beginning of the pro football hall of fame where you have you know dozens of decades to look back at people right. and, and and it's going to be easy to pick out some of those people initially yeah, yeah. it will get more selective but aubrey huff certainly deserves to be there yes oh yep. boy yeah 
You right. just have to. Feeding so, grapes so few people know about it because I didn't. I'd never heard that statement. I'd never heard about Aubrey Huff, and I'm just like, oh yeah. But how many people know all that? Well, it should be out there. And it's he, out. Oh yeah, he, it's out he there. just recently because I think it was like national or International Men's Day or something like that. I don't know. And he tweeted, <laughs> "Happy International Men's Day to all the men except those who wear dresses, drink soy lattes, and drive hybrids." <laughs> Which one of the best comments was? Oh, so me being, I'm being judged for being fuel efficient by a guy named Aubrey. Oh, 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 that was good oh. too, yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, that's mine, Justin. Uh, did you do your douche of the week? Yes, I did. Oh. SC Freiburg. Oh, that's right. Very good. How about the oh shit moment? Oh shit moment. Yes. Travis, do you want to explain what the oh shit moment yeah, is? I, yeah. Mentioned uh, when we just started. This is what this is. This is an oh shit of all oh shits. This is on international level. Fuck. It isn't maybe even as old shit as it might. Hey, fuck. It is the whatever you are part of, whether you're the directly responsible for the oh shit or you observe it or whatever, this is the... Yeah, this is this is something. At some point, you recognize this is going to go national it's, it's or bigger than you. And it's bigger than you. It's, yeah, it it it's bigger than jackknifing your boat <laughs> at a boat landing, or or maybe sustaining a concussion after a uh, a um, uh, three brews in <laughs> podcast. <laughs> it's uh, it affects everybody. So, um, Can I start who wants this one? to start? I want to start this one. So we're going to do... Our, do each we're of doing us have two. two of them? I only have one. So okay, uh, maybe I can come up with one as we go, but by so all means. So let's start with Coach. Let's start with me. At 11.40 p.m. on the 14th of April, 1912, lookout Frederick Fleet spotted an iceberg immediately ahead of the ship there we go. Yep, and yep. alerted to the bridge. Yep! <laughs> First off, some... <laughs> First officer, William Murdoch, ordered the ship to be steered around the obstacle and the engines to be stopped. But it was too late. The starboard side of, yes, the Titanic struck the iceberg, creating a series of holes below the waterline. The hull was not punctured by the iceberg, but rather dented such that the hull seems buckled and separated, allowing water to seep in. Five of the ship's watertight compartments were breached this ship was only allowed to uh to have four watertight compartments breached before it sunk the titanic sunk the, on its maiden voyage the, the best part of all so that good. is the dude way up high going oh shit oh shit <laughs> the, the the lookout that apparently wasn't paying attention for a little while and all of a sudden said Oh fuck! There is a gigantic iceberg there. Why didn't I see that just a little bit, little bit sooner? Frederick Fleet, you are my oh shit moment. He's the inaugural oh shit. He is the inaugural oh shit. Yep, Josh. All right. Um, I'm gonna go a little bit further back than even human history. Let's say you're stalking the plains of South Texas. Oh, I know where this is going. As a tyrannosaurus. It's 60 million years you, ago where he's going. You see a delicious yes. triceratops yeah. walking over. All of a sudden, 
you hear a large boom. <laughs> <laughs> Over your head enters a giant flaming fireball through the Earth's atmosphere. <laughs> it's streaking toward the Yucatan Peninsula. You look up and go, oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> we had about 60 yes. million years ago. Yep. About that, yeah. Yeah, Love that's it. the one. <laughs> Beautiful. Love it. Love it. Well, I'm gonna bring it. I'm gonna bring it back, and this is low-lying fruit, but Chernobyl. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna focus on a very key part of Chernobyl, not the minutes leading up to when stuff was really going bad, and there were a lot of things being considered. Not when they knew there was an explosion and a fire, but when they learned that the core had exploded. And when you know that the core had exploded, you knew that it was an international oh shit of proportions that could never be described. And for a period of time, now you guys watch Chernobyl, the the Netflix. No, I've not seen it. I watched it. Um, some of it was very good, very accurate, but I made the mistake of... I shouldn't have made the mistake, because I'm glad I did it. The, what was real and what wasn't yeah. real. But but there was some stuff that was very accurate um, about it. And part of it was, you know, how they, you know, in the control room, when they, when it went from, this is really a bad night, to this is my career, to this is fucking Chernobyl. <laughs> and... and um, I don't. It, I think you'd be hard pressed to come on up with a, a bigger one in at least modern day modern media. I mean, it's 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 a it's a it's a tough one, tough yeah. one to beat, right? That's good. <laughs> um, I so we all have two, right? Yep. I, I yep. think I think I've come up with one, and okay. this is going to be very general, very good. general. You're in, let's say England, in the 1400s. The Black Death is oh, raging yeah. across the continent. You're just sitting there in your nice little house. All of a sudden, your wife goes. <coughs> <coughs> that is good. Oh shit! I like that. I like oh, that a lot. That's I, awesome. Because at that awesome. point, you probably know you're fucked. Right. Yeah, Justin. Uh, you are president of the United States. Your day was supposed to consist of you oh, sitting God. reading. Reading a book to oh, a classroom at an elementary school in Florida. As you sit there reading this uh, this very simple children's book, uh, your chief of staff, chief of staff walks up to you and whispers into your ear, a second plane has hit the World Trade Center. You are George W. Bush. It is September 11th, 2001, and you are under attack. Oh, shit. Oh, <laughs> shit. Not, this isn't like a terrorist attack at, a, um, a at an embassy or, yeah. somewhere overseas. You oh, have shit. now just been told that your commercial airline, airlines have been hijacked. And they are being flown into uh, some of the most iconic buildings. Two of the uh, like the most iconic buildings in the country. And you're sitting reading children's books to children. (laughs) 
they turned that Florida school into like a command center for a few hours. He gave his first speech about the whole thing from that classroom. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> how, how are you George W. Bush and you're reading this children's book and you have to hear whispered in your ear, sir, we're under attack. <laughs> Oh, shit. <laughs> it's amazing. And a perfect one. Yeah. And a perfect one. Have you um have you guys watched the documentary on that specifically, like him and his reaction and no. how things got shipped into gear? It, it's out there. It's on YouTube. But there's a there's a, a handful of things and they're all noteworthy. So Air Force One on that day from Florida, amongst other things, did its first um um I'm not sure how they described it, but a takeoff that these Air Force pilots practiced in a 747. It was not a, a takeoff that you would ever do with a 747, and, but it was like there were Secret Service guys that were left on the ground because they didn't make it make it onto the airplane. So they went out and they flew um, over the, uh, the the Gulf of the Gulf of Mexico until they got direction to off at Air Force Base, Nebraska, mm-hmm. and they activated the the command center there. Just absolutely amazing watching this, even even twenty even twenty years ago. But the look on George Bush's face when Andrew Carr told yeah. him that you remember that's like you know your situation, you know it's like how do I. You know, you know, because he took shit about how he didn't immediately hop out of the chair and run to. It's like at the same time, without knowing everything, if you have a president like all of a sudden look like that, if you have people that are against you, you're made to look like a fool and, and right. whatnot. But at the end of the day, it, it 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 didn't mean anything. But yeah, to 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 hear that, um, Dick Cheney tells a story in this same thing about how he was literally picked off his feet and brought to an underground yes. bunker. Yep. It was um it also raises a point of the there was one extra stupid moment <laughs> um and involves uh, Rumsfeld, Donald Rumsfeld. <laughs> they have video of him like being just somebody like treating some victim at the Pentagon. So here you have the Secretary of Defense, your nation is under attack. Now you Donald nor Secret Service or anybody got him into some kind of either a bunker or airborne (laughs) command post. Donald Rumsfeld is like helping somebody onto a fucking stretcher <laughs> and now we're into this. Yep. And it was just like, this is really stupid bad. It's just what whatever the thought into it. But, but that was the one thing of 9-11 yep. where it's like, okay, there's hindsight and then there's, this is really, really stupid. This man commands mm-hmm. the... He, so, he, he's yeah. the Secretary of he, Defense. He's the Secretary of Defense and he's <laughs> out there and he's out there, you know, helping with IV bags um, in, in the Pentagon lawn. That that can't happen. But it, uh, it would be the equivalent of the president after a yeah. major it would be different. It would yeah. be like the president continuing on with his story time at at uh, yeah. the school, even after he's been told, even after he finishes yeah. the book. It's just he completely ignores what his responsibilities are and right. goes on to like uh, green eggs and ham or something after yeah. No, but but what what you bring up is so good because yeah, there's those shits and there's those shits because that Tuesday I was going into a briefing that happened at eight o'clock and when I came back out I heard there was a second one and that's you know, it was uh, I was, you know, thirty two at the time. Everybody remembers where they were and I know our ages are different. Oh, but yeah. yeah, so that's perfect. I I was in high school. It was my I senior was year of high school. Literally living in a hotel when that happened. But that's a story for a different time. Okay. Let's do uh that's what she said. Because of the prostitutes? Well, they might have been there. Okay. Um, are we gonna do another oh shit? 
Yeah. Uh, Travis has one more oh shit. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought Are we, we down to me? Got yeah. One, yeah. Um, Tenerife, 747's crash, right? Ever hear about it? It's still the single biggest disaster. It's in the 1970s. I don't remember ex- the exact year. It was talked about in Breaking Bad. Have you Breaking Bad guy? Walter White talks about it. So there's a, um, um, in Spain, there's a terrorist threat on an airport. So all of these jumbo jets have to get diverted to Tenerife. It's an island in the um, uh, Canary Islands. And this uh, little tiny airport that's big enough to handle jumbo jets because it's a really long runway, but they don't have a lot of space, all of a sudden kind of becomes a holding ground. Well, there's two airplanes in question. One is a Pan Am aircraft, 747 American, and the other is a KLM 747. And to make a really long story short, once they get clearance from that airport, this was the destination to go to the Spanish airport where they'd had the terrorist threat. Um, a real, um, um, uh, I don't know, uh, what do you call it? What were you saying about Aubrey, the man complex or whatever? The toxic masculinity? Yeah, the, whatever kicked in. So this, yeah, look it up and you'll come up with a name. His name is Van something. Look up Tenerife, coach. So he Tom was... Spelling? <laughs> T-E-N-E-R-I-F-E, Tenerife crash. Still the most, still the deadliest uh, air crash ever. So anyway, when you get something, let me know. So they decide that they're going to decide to resume operations. So amongst other things, this Pan Am guy was ready to go. But the Pan, or the captain of the KLM aircraft on the ground insisted on being refueled. Even though he had plenty of fuel to get to the airport he needed to, he didn't want to do it there. So he he held up everything, for starters. He was being an arrogant prick. Mm-hmm. And if you see the, the voice recordings and stuff. So Van something or other, he, the Pan Am guy is clear to go down the runway, but they had to go all the way down and all the way back. And again, to make a really long story short, he disregarded like everything. And despite not getting the clearance that he needed, started his takeoff roll on a 747 into the path of another 747. And there was a point where both pilots saw each other and it was the oh shit was when he tried to pull up and the belly of the KLM struck the on-the-ground Pan Am right behind the cockpit and the deck. So they crashed. Everybody in the KLM died. And like two-thirds of the people on the the on-the-ground plane, whatever. And they got word to KLM that this had happened, and they immediately needed to get this captain, this chief captain, involved in the investigation oh, he was the guy involved in it. We better not, he's, you know. So that's how well respected he was. But I but I think like 600 people, some died, but it's the oh shit moment of both pilots. Because oh, God, the, the, yes. two, the, the two pilots right. of the Pan Am survived. And oh. obviously everybody died on the KLM and his Dutch. He was Van what, coach? You got it? Veld Heisen Van Zanten. 
Heisen Van Zant, and he was the guy. As a matter of fact, he was the guy that was pictured on the placard on the airplane. This guy was God, right? And he had a God complex. Oh, and no. he did, and he was responsible for the deaths of how many? 583 total <gasps> fatalities, 61 survivors. Oh, um, so even more than that. God. Died. So. Uh, they, all all four or all 248 um, people both passengers and crew among the KLM was were killed yeah. uh 335 fatalities on the 396 capacity uh, See, Boeing it, it was Jesus. it was even worse than I thought then but yeah it was just it was absolute sheer arrogance yeah and you know indirectly terrorism so that's that's Yikes. no shit of all over all right. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. That's what she said. That's what she said. Then we have a Gruber, and I think we're done, guys. Yeah, I think so. And we have to rate the beer. We have to rate the beer this week. Gotta we're going to rate, rate the, the beer. beer this we week. We have to rate the beer this week. Okay, on that's time. what she said. That's what she said. That's what she said. I. Anyone have a that's what she said they want to start with? Justin? I can start. Go. Uh, that's what she said after the great Michael Scott. They really needed him to rise to the occasion, but in the end, he came up short. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, all, that's what she said. All of our wives have felt that at one point or another. I, <clears throat> I, I think this is a soccer quote, and I'm not sure because I just like wrote it down, and I'm not sure where it came from. Uh, once they get out of that hole. They'll be able to work to the backside. <laughs> That's what she said. I mean, once you get out of that hole, then you, you can, can work, work to, to the, the backside. backside. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's really good. Anal. <laughs> Total anal sex joke. Oh, yeah. I didn't even get that. <laughs> Travis? Replay NBA or NCAA basketball. Three-point review. Oh, he went deep in the hole with that one. <laughs> now, wait a second. I I want to say that your first ever, that's what she said. It was. Was Derek Jeter goes deep, deep in the, the hole. hole. That was baseball. <laughs> Stand by. <laughs> Hey, <laughs> that was anal. <laughs> Travis, do you have a that's what she said? <laughs> How many notes do you have? <laughs> Travis has eight pages of notes, and I have no idea. <laughs> mine, mine compass two pages of notes. Oh, God. Nope. I'm nope. going to take that back. Oh, that's what she said? I'm sorry. No. 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 Right. Can you... uh? Just yeah, like I just did email. And, and no, just like pretend what I said in the last two minutes didn't happen and start over. We'll do it all the time, so it's fine. So, Travis. Hey, that was anal. <laughs> Travis, that's uh, what right. she said. Oh, here we go. No, great. I'm looking forward to being smooth here. Nice transition. Well, watching basketball highlights, a player hits a three-pointer. He sank a deep one. <laughs> yeah. All right, that's better. <laughs> that's better. Yeah. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just write that down. Oh, God. All right. <laughs> At least I wasn't sleeping by the end of the last broadcast. 
That's accurate. <laughs> he is fully I'm, conscious I'm, at this I'm, moment. I'm, I'm fully conscious. I'm, I'm, not... I'm able to shuffle through and determine what pages certain things are on. Fine, screw you guys. Let's, Gruber. Let's do a Gruber. Now we Gruber. have to uh, purpose this. And yeah. everyone knows probably by now David Gruber is the pencil neck dick fuck who always says one call that's all dick fuck <laughs> dick fuck good word you don't hear that enough no yeah. you don't no you don't there are not enough people that are called dick fucks dick in this fuck. world. <laughs> all right um one call that's all we hate hearing that we hate see- seeing his stupid face mm-hmm. what would we rather put ourselves through than listening to that little jackass say one call that's all i'm just gonna start because mine's pretty weak I want to grab a massive handful of poison ivy and just rub it all over my taint. <laughs> Not your nutsack. <laughs> no, your taint, you're yep. saying. Yep, taint. <laughs> uh, oh, God, that's... Oh, and I, I mean, just like grind it in too. Like, not even just brush it. Just yeah. grind it in. I mean, there's no yeah. doubt you're... Paint, you I, say. I yeah. was, you know what? I totally expected, I mean, like, rub it all over my body, rub it, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, all over my genitals. No, taint. You went straight to taint. Yep. Went right to the taint. Fantastic. Yep. Oh, no. And, and Just and I, like your mom does, Justin. Ooh. <laughs> well done. Well done. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> no. No, but it just, uh, you know, I guess deflect away from your mom a little bit, Coach. I thought he was going to say nutsack or balls. Or, I'm going to rub it right in. Oh, no, taint. I think taint is an underutilized word in the English language. Well, I agree. We need to bring it back. Yep. All right. And we can we do at? just a small, if we can just do small our part. <laughs> All right. Travis, do you have a Gruber? Or uh, who wants to anchor this? Which one do you feel you have a better Gruber? Mine's very mediocre. I can go. Go ahead. For the rest of my life, the only alcoholic beverage that I could ever drink moving forward, Smokehead Whiskey. The only oh. thing I, the only alcohol oh, I could ever Jesus. drink for the rest of my life is smokehead whiskey. Yeah. Over listening to that one call, that's all. Yeah, that's yeah. horrible. If you've never experienced smokehead whiskey, it's lick a log that has been on fire for multiple hours, and you get about half of the flavor, and then throw yeah. whiskey in your mouth. Well, and then make out with a forty-five-year-old prostitute who was smoked Marlboros. For yes. 43 of her uh, years. Yep. Yeah, it's it, bad. It's bad. Cool cool container. I mean, great container sitting right over there right now. It's yeah, that, that's that, a bad whiskey. Yeah. That kind of hits home. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Travis. All right. I would rather be falsely accused of dealing meth to minors than while outside the courthouse after my initial very widely covered appearance, I get shot in the chest with a crossbow. <laughs> <laughs> a crossbow. A crossbow. I, not not like a gun. No, <laughs> a no, crossbow. Crossbow. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, that's awesome. I can actually feel that a yeah. little bit. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh God. All right, gentlemen, hmm. are we done? Any closing thoughts? Are we good? 
Rate the beer, son of a bitch. Damn it, I always forget. Uh, Travis, you brought the beer? Yeah, I would love to say it's a little better than maybe I was thinking from the get-go. I'm at a double, maybe a, um, maybe even a single where the, the fellow thinks about going to second but doesn't. It, it's, it's fine. It's good. Um, but that's where I'm at. Hit. Solid hit, but nothing crazy. Did you say double or a single? Well, I'm going to. If you, do you need me to say one or the other? Yeah, he's recording. Yeah, this. I'm recording he's this. this into this is for this posterity's sake. Record. Yeah, single, single. Okay, Josh. This is a solid single that almost takes the pitcher's head off. Yeah, solid single. I like it. I yeah, good beer. No, and 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 I do too, and that's why I gave it a single. But I was. After the first few sips when we were talking, or what, what's that, three beers in, um, yeah. I guess I thought it would be better, but uh, it's not. No. No, Fair. it's a solid single. It's it's a lager, so you can't have, like, exceedingly high expectations. See, that's the it. thing. Like, if it's an IPA, like, you have, I don't know, do I sound like a douche if I say they have the depth of, like, no. flavor to it or whatever? It's no. a lager. It's a, it's it's a not... lager. That, and that's why I give it a, a solid single, but it's like a... You're the first batter in the inning, and you lead off the inning with a hit. Yes, so it, it's got a lot of like right. you've got potential afterward, um, right? But it, it's not any. This isn't anything that's going to like walk off the I, game. I don't feel like with a logger you can ever. It's tough to hit a home run with a logger. Like right. it's got to be something really right. Really exceptional. Yeah. It, it, if your leadoff guy gets a base hit, it's exactly, it's exactly what you want. It's exactly what you want. This is exactly what I want a logger to be. Yes. But this isn't going to be anything that wins MVP awards uh, throughout you know yes. their entire career. Right. Ex- this is a solid a contributor. It's like like uh, uh, Mark Cirillo or uh, Jeff, Jeff, Cirillo. Cirillo. Jeff Cirillo. Jeff Cirillo or like Mark uh, 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 Loretta. Mark Loretta. Yes. How yes. the fuck did I know that? Because we're going like Brewers things here. So yeah, it's Mark Loretta. It's Mark Loretta. It's it's they're solid contributors. You're never going to see them in the uh, in Major League Baseball Hall. You're never going to see them in Cooperstown. Yeah, they could. They're going to be like solid people that you remember as great players for the Brewers. Right. But it's never going to be like this outstanding. It's never going to be Paul Molitor. It's never going to be Robin Yount. Yes. It's just solid. Yeah. Oh, good. That's a good summary. I think. Well done, Coach. Good work. All right. I can bring it. All right. Once in a while. Are we good, guys? Thanks, everyone, for listening. Can't believe you stuck with us for that long, but thanks. Have a good night. Deuces.